るいかりのめ安らぎ捨ててすべてを捨てて悪を追って空かけるチェンジリアパーゴン Hey there, welcome to MCU Complete Me, podcast where we talk about all the Marvel movies and decide if they're good or if they're bad. I'm your host, Crystal, and with me is Luke. Crystal, you had me at hey. Oh, it's been a while. Been a while? Been, been, been some time since we've done one of these. Yeah, it has. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, like, it's like, a, like a homecoming. <laughs> oh, damn it, you planned this all along. Not really. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> we really got to like the ninety-yard line on finishing the MCU, and then just took a few months off, huh? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah, you know. Listen, life happens all the time. Chris, how have you been? I've been mostly good, but busy. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. How? Well, yeah. Hold on. How? How do we do this show? All right, <laughs> you've completely lost it. <laughs> Luke, before yeah. we get started, I have one super important question. Is it important? Because it seems like you forgot about it. Um, uh, what's up? <laughs> uh, nothing much. What's up with you? I re- you already asked me. <laughs> I'm, reci- I'm reciprocating politely. Uh, I don't know, yeah, no, not a whole lot. I've played a lot of Kingdom Hearts while we've been off. Oh, right, you've played every Kingdom Hearts game. I'm currently playing Kingdom Hearts 3. I just started it yesterday. I haven't even done that. You know more than me now. Oh, damn. I don't really. The student has become the master of masters. (laughs) Uh, listen, uh, the only part I know is that, like, the plot of Hercules finally happened. So, like... There's nothing too exciting yet, but yeah, I've I've played like eight Kingdom Hearts games, and I'm playing a ninth one now. How was Cux? Bad, just really bad. Did not have fun with that one. Yeah, why'd you why'd you play? Cause I wasn't gonna come out and say, oh, I played every Kingdom Hearts except for one. I gotta play all of them. I mean, you didn't track down coded or three five eight over two days. Yeah, but they listen. They put those cutscene comp comp if. If the company that makes these games says that all you need to do with those two is watch the cutscenes, who am I to argue? You may notice the Cux was not in the collection. Well, yeah, but that's because it's currently ongoing in on mobile. It was mm. readily available and free. If Recoded, if I could download Recoded for free and play it, I probably would have done that. I guess you're just not a real enough Kingdom Hearts fan to I guess go not. on eBay and buy a Japanese phone. <laughs> well, yeah, no, Pre-loaded. I was never... <laughs> code. What? Because I don't think it's for sale. Yeah, no, I would just buy the DS version, Crystal. Oh, so you're not gonna... You're, you haven't played every Kingdom Hearts? You've played Recoded. You haven't played Coded. Okay, but they're the same game! Okay, you've played Re-Chain of Memories. You haven't played Chain of Memories. That is true. I kind of wish I played Chain of Memories. And Re-Chain you have played the non-final mix. You're right, I haven't played the final mixes. I'm a fake fan. It's me. <sighs> anyway, I watched Spider-Man. Oh yeah, which one? Uh, Amazing Spider-Man Two. Well, we were supposed to watch Spider-Man: Homecoming. Well, shit. I um, boy, the, we really have dropped the ball <laughs> on how you do this, huh? 
<laughs> Real the weird energy. Your court, my man. Yeah, I, listen, I am not saying that I am not contributing to the problem here. <laughs> you you want to just get in, get in it? I guess you let's just talk about your history and relationship with the film. No, I can talk about my history and relationship with the film. I don't really have much of one though. Like there were ads for it, and I was like, "Oh, neat! They're making a Spider-Man movie in like the MCU." I like Spider-Man, but I don't like the MCU, so probably just not going to watch it. And then I didn't watch it. But then way later, uh, people who I trust are like, "Oh no, that one's good actually." And I'm like, "Well, I do like Spider-Man. I'll check it out." And I th- watched it. And I was like, "Yeah, it's okay." I like Spider-Man, okay. so that's 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 a plus. I don't know. How do you feel? What, what was your experience with this movie? Um, I mean, I saw it when it came out, and I liked it. Yeah. I don't think it was... It was it's no it's no Sam Raimi Spider-Man. I agree. It is It is definitely a step up from where Spider-Man was when it came out, but yeah. It is, and it is especially no Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. No, no, it's not. Um... I think you've talked about this movie with, on your other show, Book of Medora, with uh, Cameron, right? Yes. Yeah. I think his complaints about this movie are very similar to mine. Cameron, Cameron's criticism of that one scene in this movie is is not even necessarily one of writing, uh-huh. but one of like filmmaking craft. Uh, yeah, I think I, I kind of agree. <laughs> of just the way it's edited. <laughs> Which is, it is kind of awkward. We will get to that scene in a little bit here, because that's near, toward the end of the movie. But boy, yeah, what a bad scene. It's, it's good, though. No, it's not. Anyway, yeah, I guess, yeah, we open. On an artistic rendition of the Avengers during the Battle of New York. Yes. Yes, we Drawn by a young child. Drawn by Michael Keaton's child. Yes, Michael Keaton is playing... Adrian Toomes, who yes. will later be known as the Vulture. Right. But right now, he's just a salt-of-the-earth, blue-collar salvage worker. Well, he, he owns his own business. He has employees. He's a kulak. Let's I don't not know what you're talking this. about. I don't know what you're talking about, Crystal. He's clearly just a, a down-to-earth, normal kind of guy. Wears a, you know, a cap to work. He's, he's, just, a, he's just a working man. I mean, you know, he he is the kind of boss who's down there in the shit with you. He's not sure. he's, he's not sitting in an office. Right, right. Uh, but he's speaking with the tinkerer about how he was a kid. He used to draw cowboys and Indians. But now these these new kids, they got these newfangled superheroes, which just fought aliens. Right. The guy he's talking to is like, oh, I, actually, it's it's cowboys and Native Americans. Oh, it's, it's, which that's I guess the first characterization you know about the vulture is that he's a little racist. I don't know. The, like, hot take about this movie is that the Vulture is, like, a Trump voter or something. What was the first ki- thing you know about the Vulture? That, you know, because he says Cowboys and Indians, and, like, he gets corrected by the other guy. The same Native American gap. Yeah, yeah. And then, <laughs> right. Mike has a lot of face acting in this movie as he looks at this drawing. <laughs> yeah, watching it on mute really <laughs> emphasizes how much his mouth is moving around. He's he's really appreciating the art. Yeah, kid's got a future. So yeah, Michael Keaton and his employees are cleaning up the salvage after the battle of New York because a bunch of the city got destroyed. Remember? Yeah, there's and an like, alien whale in Grand Central Station. Is where I think this is. Right, and some guy. I think it's the guy that ends up being the shocker. Right, is uh trying to saw 
one of the like ships apart or something, and Michael Keaton's just like, no, 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 you can't saw these. You got to use alien metal on them. And he like picks up just a piece of scrap and starts like prying these magical gemstones off of this thing. Yeah, he's he's a resourceful and intelligent man. Right. And then, ah, oh, the big government comes in. Yeah, uh, damage con- the department shirts and hard hats. <laughs> they're wearing suits and white hard hats, so you know right. they're right. not they're not working men. Well, like look at like none of the vultures team have hard hats, which they really should. And it's <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah, you're right. Like the visual shorthand is that oh look at these namby pamby government people with their hard hats and their basic safety practices. Yeah, why aren't they wearing hard hats? Real salt-of-the-earth types, they don't care about OSHA. Well, I guess this is how Michael Keaton has his edge in business, by <laughs> getting head injured, by saving on the cost, saving on the 20 bucks. It would, I don't know how much hard hats cost. I have no idea how much hard hats cost. But they can't yeah. be that much, right? I wouldn't think so. They're just a big chunk of hard plastic. <laughs> how much does a hard hat cost? Uh, oh, wow, no, they're pricey. But, like, if you're buying bulk, if you're buying for a business. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm seeing, like, uh, I'm seeing prices ranging from 30 bucks to 700 bucks. Wow, yeah, that's... There you go, OSHA certified hard hats at the Home Depot. Uh, yeah, I think it just, they have a lot of different, like, grades of them, depending on how hard you need the hat to be, it seems like. I uh, can't afford the alien metal grade. Right. <laughs> But yeah, these people are from the what Department of Damage Control, and they are taking over the salvage operation, which means that the Vulture and his whole team are now out of a job. And you can see right as these guys first show up, Michael Keaton is holding one of the alien gemstones. He popped off the alien ship and yeah. just slides into his pocket. Right. The Department of Damage Control says, yeah, we're taking over taking over this job. You guys are off. Mike Keen's like, what? I bought a bunch of stuff, but not hard hats for this job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and one of, the, one of the the coastal elite G-men right. is like, maybe you shouldn't have overextended yourself. Wait, I'm looking. The, the government people also have, like, safety goggles. That man was using a chainsaw on a like alien <laughs> spaceship, and he doesn't you, have any goggles on. You're, yeah, no, you're right. My perception of this movie was that you're really painting a picture of Michael Keaton's kind of a negligent business owner. Yeah, he is not protecting himself or his men. Right. Why did New York hire him? That's a great question. He overextended himself, so he overextends his arm into right. the G-Man's face and almost yeah. gets shot to death. Right. Every construction worker that the government brought in pulls out a gun and trains it on him. No, the construction workers... Oh, yeah, the damage control ones, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Which, why do they have guns with them? Oh, some of them are G-Men, some of them are construction workers. Right. So Mokin asks, your superiors, who the hell are they? That's my New York accent. This is a good New York accent. And it cuts to Tony Stark is is the head of the Department of Damage Control, because it's a joint venture. Yeah. It's and, all rigged, uh, man. Right, and they're watching that on TV, and they're like, oh, the guys that made this mess are now getting paid to clean it up. It's a whole scam. Uh, Which, if, if we can look past their negligent safety standards. Right. 
they're completely justified in being mad about this. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, it. They. I wanted to say they were doing a fine job, but then we've really pointed out all the ways in which they weren't. <laughs> uh, they would have gotten it done. Sure, I think the movie is telling us they were doing a fine job and that this is really just like, yeah, like you said, completely unfair. Um, and really speaks to, you know, uh, Adrian Toomes' uh, economic anxiety. The assholes who made this mess are paid to clean it up. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, the guy, I guess this is the Tinkerer? That's a that's a comic books man? Yeah, Tinkerer's a Spider-Man villain. Alright, cool. The government did just, like, let them leave with a bunch of stuff they'd already loaded onto their truck. Yeah, apparently. There's... No, no one here is really... Is real, everyone's cutting corners here. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they're supposed to go turn that stuff in, and they're like, well, they're not... No, they took our job. I'm not going to go drive that over anywhere. And uh, this is when Toombs gets the idea that, hey, the world's changing. We gotta change, too. It's and, time we change, too. Right. Eight years later, which is chronological error, Luke. Oh, really? The Battle of New York took place in 2012. Uh-huh. And the Civil War took place in 2016. Oh, yeah, so that means, okay. Yeah, well, the reason they did this is because they need to age up Liz Allen appropriately, because she's, like, she's a senior, so she's, like, 17. Right, why didn't they just have a 10-year-old drawing instead of, like, a 4-year-old drawing at the beginning of the movie? 10-year-olds draw things sometimes. Oh, well, she would have been 9 if she's 17 now. Or wait, no, 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 you're right. Well, then, yeah, wait, just do, like, a, like a, you know... 14 year old like drawing like oh what if what if it had been like from a sketchbook and it was like captain america as like an anime bishonen guy no like some real deviant it was a young child drawing it sure but i'm saying my version's better okay you think liz is a fujoshi i'm saying what if it had been like captain america kissing sephiroth okay yeah what if just gonna look up that Google image search real fast. Captain America kissing Sephiroth. Let's see here. What do we got? There are no relevant results to this search. What the hell, internet? I'm mad now. Putting it in quotes. Oh, no, nothing. Nothing. Alright, well, I'm disappointed. What are we talking about? Adrian Toomes and his men are taking apart the alien stuff. And making yes. their own technology, then using it to steal more alien stuff. Toombs has made, like, a vulture suit. He's the yeah. vulture now. He's a he's a robot vulture man. He's like That's the Falcon, happening. but better. Yeah, kinda. But he doesn't have uh, a psychic connection to his bird. Is that a thing Falcon has? Yeah. You know, right. Red Wing? Okay, if you say so. Uh, the next, like, we get the Marvel splash screen thing, and then it cuts to a title card that says, A Film by Peter Parker. Yes. Uh... And it is a bunch of uh, shaky cell phone footage that Peter was taking when he was being brought into the airport fight in Civil War. What do you think of the musical theme for this movie? Oh, well, it's just the Spider-Man theme, but done with, like, strings. Yeah. It's all right. I, I mean, I like the Spider-Man theme. This is a good theme. Yeah. Yeah, this 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 part is shot in, like, 4 by 3 aspect ratio. Right. He's messing with Happy on the plane. He's eating pretzels in Germany. But you know what? Now that you say that, where'd Peter get a, four, a phone that takes video in 4x3? I think he intentionally cut it that way. You know what? You're dork. absolutely right. He did. Yes. 
But yeah, he's like doing a cool gruff guy narration, and Happy's just like, "What? What is wrong? You, you know, you can't show this footage to anyone, right?" Happy's so annoyed that he has to babysit this kid. He's so annoyed. You know, he used to be head of security at Stark Industries, right? I mean, I guess he probably still is. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, they get on like a private jet, and Peter's freaking out, and Happy's just like, "Oh god, kid." Um, they like, go to the hotel room and. Like, Peter's getting dressed up in his, his old Spider-Man costume, but then Happy shows him the new one, and Peter just flips out. Yeah, uh, it's a lot better costume. It's a much better costume, yeah. And then we get, like, the big, like, intro shot of Spider-Man from Civil War, but shot from the perspective of this cell phone that he had just sitting behind a thing somewhere. She's and technically uh, Captain America and Black Widow and Black Panther and Iron Man and War Machine are in this movie. I guess, te- yeah, sure, technically. For for the wikis. <laughs> right, sure. Uh, like, Spider-Man takes a moment during this fight to go yell at his camera about everything that's happening while, like, Ant-Man is growing in the background. And I like, I really like Tom Holland's delivery on, oh, geez, that guy's big, I gotta go. You remember Tom Holland grew up, he's, he's part of the YouTube generation. Yeah. He's just emulating his favorite streamers. <laughs> what do you think Peter Parker's favorite streamers are? PewDiePie. Oh, why'd you say that one, though? Well, he's the the most popular one. You know what? I said that as though I had a good alternative. They're all, they all kind of suck, huh? Uh, can you, I don't even know another one. Ninja? Ninja, Ninja was after this. Yeah, I guess you're right about that. Dr. Disrespect. I can't name one that isn't a racist, is the thing. <laughs> because I only ever hear about streamers when they get in trouble for saying a slur. So Peter is is on the drive back. He's driving back with Tony Stark, and Tony Stark is putting the message into the camera. He mentions how hot Aunt May is, and he's like, "No, that's inappropriate." Yeah, you know they're they're gonna keep uh, they're gonna keep laying that joke down. They sure are. They really can't get over how good Marissa Tomei looks for her age, and like she looks very good for her age. I'm not disputing that, but I mean, I I would I would remove the qualifier even. Yeah, yeah. She, she's a she's a nice looking lady. So then we we lose the four by three perspective and get a regular movie shot with proper lighting from of Peter's face as he puts down his modern smartphone. Right. But he doesn't even have like an old camera, which he would have. Yeah. But so uh, Tony's yeah, saying, you know, you can keep the suit. Right. And he's he's very excited. He uh, asks like if this makes him an Avenger, and Tony's very quick to say no. Uh, and Peter just asks, like, okay, well, cool, what, what, what am I getting my next mission? And Tony's just like, I don't, I don't know, eventually. Yeah, and Tony just wants Peter to, to stay low on the ground. Right. Be just, a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Yeah, just, just keep doing the kind of things he's been doing. With uh, a good suit. Yeah, and Tony, like, reaches over, and Peter thinks they're, they're hugging, so he goes to hug him, and Tony's like, nope, nope, I was just opening the door for you, we're, we're, we're not at a hugging phase, please, please no. Peter's uncle died, like, six months ago. Yeah. Yeah, Peter's very desperate for any kind of uh, authority figure to, like, show him, you know, attention and love. Yeah. And Tony Stark is uh, very eager to take advantage of that. Yeah. Yeah, he is, huh? Uh, it cuts to Spider-Man just, like, taking his morning commute. Yeah, and he's two like, months later. Yeah. He's texting uh, Tony... Or is I guess is, is this happier Tony that he's texting? No, it's Happy's texting, and as he's scrolling through the th- 
scrolling through the phone. He has texted Happy many times over two months, but Happy has never responded. Has not responded a single time. And, okay, okay, listen. I get that, like, Peter is being overeager and, like, is constantly asking questions or, like, reporting on every little thing. They could throw him a bone. Happy's busy. Like, he has a job. Then Tony should get someone else. Like, you can get someone to, like, send one message a week. I agree. No, I agree. The blame lies on Tony because Happy, like, Happy didn't, didn't, wasn't part of this discussion. Right. He was just like, uh, in addition to all your other responsibilities, also, you need to take care of this kid, I guess. Yeah. Happy's just is not not for it, right? Uh, yeah, it's just it, it, the way they treat Peter is bad. Yeah, no, it's bad. I'm just yeah. saying it's mostly Tony's fault. I, I I'll agree with you there. Yes, but uh, yeah, Peter goes to school at like a fancy like STEM school. He's walking through the halls and like there's drones flying around. There's people with like big Kinex roller coasters in the background. I think. Yeah, this is this is like a, fa- a magnet school for yeah. smart tech kids. Right. You get a quick shot of Flash Thompson, who's driving a cool car. Oh, right, and he like almost hits Peter, and he's like, "Yeah, I hate you, Parker." And he says, Devin. "What's up, penis Parker?" Yeah, that's what it is. Uh, Peter goes to like his locker, and just a little, a little Darth Sidious pops up on his shoulder, yeah. and yeah, it's his friend Ned Leeds. Yeah, who has a, a new Lego Death Star that he wants Peter to help him build, and this is so okay. I don't, I don't know a ton about comics, but I've heard a lot of people say that Ned is basically based on one of Mor- Miles Morales's friends in the comics. Let me, let right? me link you to one of Miles Morales's friends. Okay, yeah, because well, he shows up in Spider Verse, right? And he's like Miles is like roommate that you see for a few seconds. Yes. Yeah, this is this is just Ned. Yeah, it's just it's just Gonke Lee, but they named him Ned Leeds, like the old Spider-Man character that no one cares about. Yeah, oh, yeah, he because... became the Hobgoblin once. Okay, uh, yeah, because I saw people talking about how, like, I guess one of the people that made Spider-Verse mentioned they had a lot of uh, it, it's pronounced Gonke. I you know I don't actually know. Okay, I could be pronouncing that wrong. All right, yeah, fair. Uh, but they had a lot of him in Spider-Verse, and then this movie came out, and they're like, well gonna have to cut him out of this movie because it'll confuse everybody hmm yeah uh uh but yeah I, I don't know i like ned in this movie he's fun that's 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 a, f- a fun guy yeah he's a mushroom what he's a fun guy oh i get i get the joke you're do- okay all right okay so peter, peter ned invites him to go build the lego death star Peter's like ah, i got the stark internship and that is like you got the stark internship every night man yeah and Peter's like, yeah, well, I mean, it's an internship for Tony Stark, so, you know, might be a big deal someday. Uh, But they make plans where he's gonna, Ned's gonna bring the Death Star over to Peter's to uh, finish it up when Peter is done with work for the night. Ned gives a very detailed strategy for the most efficient way to build the Death Star. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Peter isn't really paying attention because he's busy looking at the senior girl he likes, Liz Allen. Yeah. Well, I guess she's never named Alan. She's just Liz. But right. she's based on Liz Allen. Sure. Well, I guess, I mean, she's certainly Liz Toombs in this movie, right? Yes. But, yeah. they, you know, they went through Mary Jane. They went through uh, Gwen Stacy. That's her. So I guess Liz Allen's the third. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, I, I like that Ned's implying that, like, like you said, he's going through a very detailed plan for how he's going to attack this Death Star. It's like, I'm pretty sure you're just going to follow the instruction booklet. Are you not? Are you just going to try and puzzle it out yourself? You think the instruction booklet is the most efficient way? It's, mm, it's probably up there as one of the most efficient ways. I don't know. I mean, do you think Ned, okay. Do you think that Ned, like, Ned is a competitive Lego builder who, like, tries to build official Lego builds, uh, like, as fast as possible, like a Rubik's Cube thing or something? That seems like something Ned would be into. You know what? Now that I've said it, you're right. <laughs> so, so Peter's in physics class, and the teacher asks a question, and Flash Thompson gets it wrong. And Peter, he wasn't even paying attention. Right. He was just looking at his laptop, watching YouTube videos of himself. Yes. Hold on, let me watch some of the recommended videos here. Rainy oh, sure. day, floating head, lost in the city, BMX tricks, <laughs> bird town, hack two terabyte hard drive mod, brother trick, glow and dark. Great. Uh, but yeah, he looks at the pro- physics problem and like, knows it right away because it's a problem about mass swinging from a like pendulum, which is just his entire life. Yes. It's, it's meant to communicate that he is, uh, he is a smart boy. Right. Well, both of these are smart boy, and they're like, oh, oh, a, a physics problem about swinging. I know how those work. Yeah, uh, he doesn't know yeah. how those works. Yeah, yeah. Then we also cut to him in chemistry class, where I guess he has just been secretly making web fluid under his desk this whole time. Yeah, this is a... This scene I have questions about, but in a way that are like, you know what? It's not worth asking him. Just let it go. Well, let, me, let me see the formula. Well, there's a couple different formulas written here, which are different. Yeah. There's uh, this content, salicylic acid, toluene, methanol, adol, C8. Okay. I guess that's web fluid. Sure. I, I'm in no position to argue. So we cut back to lunch where Ned and Peter are talking about Liz, and they've apparently been carefully tracking which clothes she wears on which days. Yeah, kind of just have some fun creepo times, huh? Yeah, the movie doesn't really uh, recognize this as creepy behavior. It sort of does, because they're like, oh, we should stop staring before it gets creepy, and then it cuts to their friend who's like, yeah, too late for that. She's she's worn that top before, but never with that skirt. <sighs> well, I, I'm going to look at what they're eating. They got, they got chocolate milk. Yeah, Ned has just a plate of tater tots. Oh, I thought that was fried chicken. Oh, maybe it is? It looked like tater tots to me. But Tater tots seems, seems bad. Yeah. But yeah, they're not really friends, but girl who hangs around in their vicinity Michelle says, you guys are losers. Yeah. Which, to be fair. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> Don't do that, guys. Yeah, it's not It's not good. It's not good Michelle is a good character. I like Michelle, yeah. Uh, Give her own movie. I, I like that she's just constantly reading in almost every scene she's in. Yeah, she likes to read. She likes to gain knowledge. Right. Uh, yeah, like, she's at lunch. She's got, like, five books. Why did she bring five? Lunch isn't has, that long. She has no food, but she does have a mug coffee. Right. Because <laughs> she's going to read through them, Luke. She's going to read five books in 30 minutes. Yeah, that's very fast. Well, you know what they say. The faster you read, the more you learn. I feel like by taking the time out to zing Peter and Ned, like, one of those books isn't getting finished now. Probably not. But it was worth it. Yeah. But uh, then it cuts to after school when they're doing, like, you know, quiz bowl or whatever, you know, whatever this is called. 
And Peter's explaining to the academic decathlon coach, who is the guy from the computer lab in The Incredible Hulk, right? That he can't he can't go to DC for the Nationals because he has a Stark internship. Now it's been a while since we've watched Incredible Hulk, and I'm trying to remember: does the timeline work out that that can be the same character? Uh, Incredible Hulk is in 2011. This is in 2016. So it'd be kind of tight, but it's doable. It's it's theoretically possible if this is a very smart man who got through college quick, or like he he was like basically done at that point. Yeah, like he had like a yeah. month left. That's true. I'm going with it. But yeah, Peter's explaining that he can't go to Washington D.C. for the Nationals because he's got the Stark internship, and they might need him at any time. Peter, they should be paying you more. They should be. They should be paying you for 24 hours with overtime if they right. need you for 24 hours. If, listen, if you are on call, you get paid for that. Yeah. Uh, and everyone's like, no, Peter, you can't quit. You're like our best guy and we need you. Right. And Michelle's like, well, he's already quit marching band and robotics lab because she, much like Peter and Ned have been stalking Liz, has been stalking Peter. Right, and she immediately kind of deflects when she realizes that she's made it obvious that she's been stalking Peter. But this is how you know they're they're romantically compatible because they're both right. they they, <laughs> they're they both, both creeps don't, know how they don't to, understand uh, boundaries. <laughs> express their feelings in a healthy way. Oh man, uh, is there a more classic love story than two <laughs> creeps creeping on each other? <laughs> I guess Flash Thompson has now been subbed in for Peter, even though yeah. he's not as good. But he's excited for uh, for the opportunity, even though it might conflict with his other events, a date with Black Widow. Right, yeah, he, he cracks a joke like that. And oh, then, you think it's a joke? I think, I think it's probably a joke, Crystal. You don't think Black Widow's also been keeping tabs on Spider-Man and has her in through Flash Thompson? You're suggesting that Black <laughs> Widow is spying on Spider-Man by dating a child. Uh-huh. She's I'm- really good at disguise. <laughs> She is but, a master of disguise, it's true. But she but also Flash is aware she's Black Widow. Right. We're <laughs> <laughs> just gonna move on. Hey, people like Persona 5 a lot. <laughs> people do like Persona people 5. People like a lot. That, that romance specifically a lot. Yeah, yeah, they do. They like the part in Persona 5 where you can smooch your teacher. So like, Peter Like half of the romances in that game aren't age appropriate. No, they aren't. Way too many women in uh, Persona's Tokyo that are cool with smooching a teenager. Don't worry, you can play as a girl in the new one. Or maybe you can't, it's not clear. So Peter leaves school to go to his favorite bodega. He doesn't leave through the front entrance, he jumps the fence like a cool boy. Right. The fence, which is like, you know, seven feet high or whatever. Yeah. Uh, And yeah, he goes into a deli, he talks to, uh, he has some back and forth with the guy behind the, the counter, he knows him, probably comes in here all the time. Uh, yeah, Del Mar. Yeah, and uh, back to the Aunt May thing, uh, he starts talking to his, like, employee in Italian, or, is it Italian? I don't know, languages? I don't know. Okay. Uh, where he starts talking about how hot Peter's uh, aunt is, and then Peter starts talking to him in the same language he's speaking. He's like, hey, buddy, how's it going? Oh, uh, yeah, everyone's just creeping on Aunt May. Yeah, he raises the price of the sandwich from $5 to $10 for that crack about his daughter also being hot like Aunt May. Oh, is that what Peter said? Okay. Yeah. 
<laughs> Peter pets the bodega cat, and uh, Delmar's Peter mentions like you know he doesn't have time for after school activities because of the Stark internship. Delmar is like maybe maybe you should focus on school more. You stay in school, kids. Stay in school, else you'll wind up like me. And Peter like looks around the bodega is like I'd be fine with that honestly. Yeah, You're a successful, he's a successful business, business owner. owner. Yeah, it's the issue. Uh, but yeah, Peter runs into an alleyway and starts stripping and uh, takes out the Spider-Man suit. Why does he do this in the alleyway? Uh, I guess because he doesn't like what. What alternative are you suggesting? Like in the bathroom, like in, uh, in, in your, like his apartment's off far from here. Yeah, oh, apartment's a good call, but I think with bathroom, the problem would be the you know. You, it's very easy to see who goes in and out of a bathroom, whereas, like, you can't really, unless you're looking down an alleyway, you can't see both sides of it at the same time. Well, that's why you crawl through a vent. Oh, I see. I like the spider. <laughs> but then people wonder why Peter went to the bathroom and never came back. As you, as you strip, you get the, the ab shot from Tom Holland. He's very ripped boy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then we just get a fun montage of Spider-Man doing Spider-Man stuff with, like, petty criminals. I like that Spider-Man suit is very loose-fitting, but then he can press on his chest to make it tighten up. Yeah, it's like an Evangelion suit. But it also kind of suggests that Peter will eventually grow into the suit. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Stork uh, doesn't want to make a new suit every year. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, but yeah, he like stops a bike thief uh, and then can't find anybody who like the bike belongs to. And everyone just kind of being rude to him when he asks, so he just like leaves the bike with a note. Uh, and he's just swinging around. There's a really good, one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie, which is when some guy on the street just sees Spider-Man on a rooftop and goes, Hey, you Spider-Man? He goes, yeah, do a flip. And Spider-Man does a flip for him. <laughs> Very good. Okay, except holding a boombox. <laughs> yeah. This is just the, the fun, fun people in New York City. Right. He goes over to some neighborhood where someone is like jimmying open a car door. And Spider-Man, like, webs their head and, like, flings it against the car roof, which sets the alarm off. And the person starts yelling at him, like, what's wrong with you? This is my car. And then everyone comes out and starts yelling at Spider-Man for setting the alarm off. Including Stan Lee. Including Stan Lee, who threatens to come down there, punk. Well, I mean, that's for Spider-Man. Spider-Man's a lot of stuff in this movie that is, that is just mean. That's just unnecessary. I mean, okay, maybe did did not really need to give that person a head injury. They no. were they did walk up to a car with a slim jim and start jimmying the lock open. Did I think it's reasonable jim? to assume they're a car thief. Oh yeah, it was a slim jim. I yeah. guess. Well maybe you could ask next time he'll know to ask, sir, is this your car? Right, but then <laughs> if they are a car thief, they'll just say yes. Well he'll Okay. Look, the point is Peter is a cop. And he's just here to oppress the people for no reason. They're just <laughs> trying to get through their day. I mean, okay, listen. Misfire on that one. But he's, like, giving an old lady directions. He's The bike thief guy, listen. That guy definitely didn't own that bike. Although, he didn't ever find who owned it. You, you think, <laughs> yeah, he could have also owned that bike. <laughs> Maybe that guy lost the key to his bike lock. Yeah, like, that happens. That's not that weird. Right, no, I mean, that's that seems possible. Like, what do, what do you do if you've lost the key to your bike lock? Seems like there's no answer other than to break the chain. You would never break the chain. That's from so, Midgard. So, okay, Spider-Man did give, give instructions to an old lady, though, who bought him a churro. Yeah, that's the one good thing he did, which wasn't really necessary to do in the suit. Yeah, that's true. 
<laughs> he did a flip for that guy. Did flip for that guy. Made his day. Yeah. That guy, that guy had a good day. Peter pops out one of his web cartridges, because this movie has web cartridges and not organic webs. Right. Which, how, Krista, how do you feel about organic webs? I, I can go either way. I'm yeah. fine with both. I'm fine with both. I don't get people that are mad about organic webs. Yeah. Like, okay. And again, I am not a huge comic books person, so like, I'm not going to get mad if they change something. To me... I get that Peter is supposed to be, like, very smart, and he's a science boy, and that's how I, he can make the webs. But it eh, it bothers me that he has, like, basically a superhuman level of genius in addition to also having spider powers. Like, it just feels weird that he has what basically amounts to two different superpowers that are completely independent of one another. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think I think the the physics question scene was better because that is, like... Okay, that's like a sharp kid who can understand a problem quickly. Right, right, right. Exactly. Like that, I, I don't have a problem with him being very smart, but when it's like, oh, I invent crazy gadgets and gizmos all the time, again, it's a comic book, and I'm not like, sure, why not? But it all just kind of <laughs> melds better for me if the webs are organic. The thing is, he doesn't even invent fancy gizmos all the time. It's sure. just really the one. Well, in this movie, yeah, I'm saying like Spider-Man in general. Right. Like, like the video game Spider-Man has all kinds of cool gadgets. Whereas this yeah. one, yeah, he just invents the webs. Uh, if if Reed Richards is like a 10, I like Spider-Man at like a 6. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like a lot of Spider-Mans are at like an 8. Yeah. In a way that, and again, there's nothing wrong with that. It just, to my taste, it's better if he is a smart person, not a genius person. And I think the organic webs suit that better. Yeah. because the. Yeah, even just knowing the physics of how to swing and how to how to propel yourself efficiently is actually really difficult. Right, exactly. So anyway, as Spider-Man has his feet off the off the fire escape looking sideways, he can see there's some mass men going into a bank. Well, he does also before that call up Happy and leave a message detailing everything he did today. Yeah. Yeah. And he just leaves these messages every day and nobody ever gets back to him. You know, Happy hates him. Well, here's the thing. We know that Tony listens to all of these. Uh-huh. Uh, he's being in the void and so, father, like his right. father. Again, so uh, never mind Happy. Tony knows that Spider-Man is desperate for any kind of connection with anyone and actively chooses every single day not to provide it. Uh-huh. Yeah, Tony Stark's a, a bad man. <laughs> he's a bad man. But yeah, like you were saying, yeah, he sees a an ATM robbery happening across the street. The robbers are wearing Avengers masks, and they're using, like, uh, an alien laser gun yeah. to open the ATM, and then an alien gravity gun to pull apart the metal part they just cut. Right. Uh, they're all, like, very focused on working on the ATM, so Peter just takes some time, like, getting into the right pose to, before he says anything. He's just casually leaning against the wall, but he's, like, trying to, like, figure out the best, like, angle of lean to have. It's a good little moment. It's a good moment. Yeah. The poster behind him says, identity theft? We have you covered. Yeah, which is funny, see, because they're thieving the Avengers' identity. Right, they're wearing classic 60s Avengers masks. Yes. How? Okay. Yeah, no. <laughs> I think I know what you're going to ask, but continue. <laughs> How? I mean, Iron Man, Hulk, Captain America are all basically close enough for Halloween masks. Right. How did they get that designed for Thor? 
Thor never wears that helmet in the MCU. Yeah. So, uh, hmm, it's a good question. Well, maybe, okay. Okay. Here's my theory. Sure. Marvel Comics exists in, exists in this world. Right, yes, that's true. They made Captain America comics. Yeah. In the 60s, they also made comics based on the Norse god, Thor. <laughs> You're saying the Marvel Comics character Thor exists independently of Thor the real guy. Right, because Thor, Thor, Thor is just a mythological figure. People can make stuff about him. Sure. Right. Okay. And this was Thor from Marvel Comics in the 60s. That's going to be a real problem for She-Hulk, because those comics are not going to be admissible in court. Well, no, that was, that was before that statute. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, that's why this is like a rare collector's item yeah. of the pre-Thor Thor comics. Yeah, I guess. I guess there's no other way to square that, huh? <laughs> Sure, why not? Anyway, he fights the muggers, or not the muggers, the robbers, and uh, he's doing a good job, but they have alien laser guns. Yeah, they have a gravity gun from Half-Life 2. Yeah, and uh, that messes Spider-Man up, and then, uh, yeah, the laser gun kind of goes off. And it's an alien laser gun, so it shoots very far. Yeah. And it, like, sets the deli from earlier on fire. Yeah. And Peter's like, oh, geez, I yeah. messed up. All right, so he has to run and go save Mr. Delmar and his cat, and uh, while he's doing that, uh, the robbers get away. Yeah, Peter just escalated that situation and made it worse. He did make it worse, yeah, yeah. Like, what does he care if a bank gets robbed? No sure. one's in it. Yeah, I guess that's true, as far as, like, because, to me, like, the, I, I think this movie has a lot of fun character stuff, but kind of fumbles in terms of, like, theme and, like, character arcs. But the idea is supposed to be Spider-Man being torn between being, like, a street-level superhero that helps people and this and an Avenger who, like, does world-saving stuff, you know? Let's, uh, let's tally what Spider-Man's done so far. Right, yeah, so... He beat up, he beat up, he fought in Germany. Yeah, he... He did look for that guy, he gave a lady directions, he stole a guy's bike, <laughs> he slammed a guy's head against his car. I'm gonna say let's call the bike one neutral because we don't know. <laughs> Let's he slammed the guy's head against his car. Yeah. He tried to protect the interests of a bank. Yeah. And ended up blowing up Delmar's deli. Yeah. He's not doing a great superhero job so far. Yeah. Like he hasn't he hasn't mastered this this part of the job. He's not ready to move up. Right. But uh yeah, he tries to call Happy and like tell him that hey, people have crazy alien weapons. Uh but Happy's not hearing. Because he's busy helping uh, people pack everything up in Avengers Tower to move to the upstate facility. Hey, we finally get another appearance of Dummy from the Iron Man movies. Oh yeah, the robot arm has like a priceless vase. And Happy's just like, hey, hey, that thing's worth more than you and me. You think Stark like intentionally programs Dummy this way just so he has something to yell at? I mean, it's been years at this point. He could have fixed it if he wanted to. (laughs) Yeah. All the other robot arms work correctly. He could just like move their code over to dummy. He just he just wants something to take his anger out on. Yeah, no, you're totally right. <laughs> what if what if dummy became Ultron? <laughs> He's like, ah, Starky, all you're always yelling at me. Right. But, but now, now it's my turn to yell no at you. <laughs> it's a cheap spader impression. <laughs> 
But uh, yeah, while he's on the phone with Happy, Spider-Man goes back to that alley where he uh, changed into his costume and finds that his backpack full of clothes is missing. Which I thought he webbed it up so that that wouldn't happen. Yeah, guess, but yeah. it still, still got took. Still got took. I mean, the web dissolves in a couple hours. Yeah, I guess maybe I'm just uh, assuming that he... Yeah, I guess he was out long enough for that to be an issue. Yeah. Right. So he has to sneak into his house. Uh, he goes into his room, and the, you can see like Aunt May walking around through his doorway. But he just kind of like sneaks in, climbs around on the ceiling, closes the door... You know, he very stealthily got all this done, and then it turns out Ned was in his room the whole time and watched him do all of this. It's a very, it's a very good visual joke. <laughs> it's a good visual gag, yeah, yeah. Ned's holding, like, the mostly complete Death Star, and just drops it, and it shatters all over the ground. And man, Peter's gonna be picking up tiny Lego pieces for, like, months. He's gonna think he got them all, and then one day he's gonna get one right in his foot. He deserves it. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I'm, t- I'm, I'm kind of turning on Peter in this movie. He, he's done more harm than good. So <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> he's learning from Mr. Stark. Right. Uh, but yeah, Peter. Don't worry, in the next movie, he'll learn from famous responsible superhero Nick Fury. Oh, good. Yeah, that'll help. <laughs> Wait, what's now, that Peter movie? He's desperate for like a good role model. Yeah. It's not going to be Doctor Strange either. No, I'm trying to. Who would be a good role model to Peter in the MCU? May, well, like, probably like Ant Man. Uh, maybe Ant Man. I was going to say, like, honestly, Bruce Banner, but Bruce Banner also wouldn't want to. He'd be like, no, what, no, right, no. He's he's got enough going on. He doesn't have time for a kid. Right, so but in, right, but in some ways, that would make him the most qualified. That's that's why he's a good role model. He's responsible enough to recognize that he can't take on this responsibility. Yeah. Hey, what is Aunt May's profession? What's that? What is Aunt May's profession? He's like an electrician or something. Or no, he like works for uh, Pim, right? What? Didn't Aunt that May works at- for Pim? What's that? What's Aunt May's profession? I think you said what's Aunt Man's profession? No, Aunt May. <laughs> okay. Aunt May, Aunt May, Aunt Man. See, that's why Aunt Man's perfect. Just like you know Aunt what, you're May, right, you've convinced me. Uh, I have no idea what Aunt May's profession is. They don't really get into it. She she is the single breadwinner for this home. It's not like Peter even has a job. Right. It's like it's like a pretty nice apartment in Queens. Yeah. What does she do? I have no idea. Spears like, yeah, Ned, don't don't tell anyone, especially Aunt May, you know, with everything that's happened over the past year. Right. She can't handle this. Because yeah. her husband died six months ago. Yeah. Or eight months ago. Died recently. Yeah. How do you feel about the way they treat Uncle Ben in this movie? They barely reference him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which, like, for Spider-Man, that's a little weird. But also, for modern movie-going audiences who have watched the Uncle Ben story play out twice already in theaters, I get it. Yeah. Like, I think they're just trying to say, like, yeah, okay, everyone knows the Spider-Man origin story. We're not going to deal with it. Go watch the Sam Raimi movie if you really want to watch a version of that. Ned's final question is, how do you have time for both this and the Stark internship? Right, Peter has to explain that this is the Stark internship. And I'm just like, uh, 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 okay. Uh, May takes Peter out for dinner, and Peter is clearly distracted and stressed out. She keeps joking about his larb, which is the food he's eating. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know, it's it's, it's a fun bit. I, I like the... I like Aunt May in this movie. 
you know I larb you. Yeah. Like, she has a very different, like, and, and, you know, the actress is obviously very different. Like, the, when when people think of Aunt May, they think of, like, the Raimi Aunt May, who's, like, this extremely sweet, extremely old lady who, like, it almost doesn't even make sense that she's his aunt, because she seems more like his grandma. Right. And, I don't know, like, the Aunt May in this one is kind of, like, fun, she's funny, she's joking around with him. I don't know, I I like it. Yeah, Aunt May's good. Peter's distracted because he's stressed and the internship, and then he sees on the TV the the police report of the ATM robbery Yeah, Delmar's grocery being destroyed. And Aunt May looks as like, listen, if you ever see anything like that, you run away. Right. And uh, the waiter comes out with a sticky rice pudding that they didn't order. It's on the house, and he <sighs> glares at Aunt May in a way that... Uh, he glares? You call him a glare? No, not glare. Glare's the wrong word. You know what I mean, though. He just kind of like stares at her. He 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 looks her, a her lasciviously. Yes, with impure intent. <laughs> because every man creeps on Aunt May in this movie. Yeah, no, I mean, Aunt May's uh, quite happy to take the benefits, though. Like free rice pudding, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> so we cut through the morning. Peter doesn't have a backpack, so he's just carrying all his books. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that's a. He lost his backpack, and he, like, tells Aunt May that he needs a new one, and she kind of like, excuse me? That's, like, five. And yeah, he cuts to the next scene, and he's just carrying a stack of books. It's a good goof. Ned keeps asking questions about what it's like to be the Spider-Man. Yeah. Like, all through their, like, class, the classes that day. He's like, oh, can can you spit venom? Do you lay eggs? Can you, can you do that? And Peter's just getting increasingly annoyed with him. The teacher's giving a not history lesson, more like a current affairs lesson on the Sokovia Accords. Yeah. Did your, did your, did your class ever talk about current affairs? Um, in like senior year, I think. Yeah, no, I, we we yeah. not get past World War II. Yeah, I had like a civics class that was like basically current affairs stuff. Uh, that was a lot of like, uh, like, oh, we're going to split the class uh, it, like down the middle. And this side is going to be pro-gun control, this side's anti-gun control. Have a debate about it. That kind of thing. So we get to the best joke in the movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, okay, let's break this down. Right. They're in gym class. They're watching an old VHS tape. Yeah, hold on. Of Captain America in his 2012 Avengers costume. <laughs> and the actual best joke in the movie is Captain America, like, stretches his arm out and says, Today, my good friend, your gym teacher. Right. And the gym teacher, Hannibal Buress, is standing on the wrong side. Right. Because <laughs> Captain America gestures towards his right. But, uh, yeah, the gym teacher is on his left. That's good. Uh, this How is basically they make like this video, Luke? What's that? How'd they make this video? I mean, they got a camera in Captain America, and they just took the video. What do you, Why what is do you it mean? VHS? That's a great question that I don't know how to answer. Michelle's reading about the human bondage in gym class instead of paying attention to the video. Wait, she's reading about what? The name of the book is Of Human Bondage. Oh, okay. I don't... Hold on. Uh, That's probably not a book about, like, sexy rope play, right? It's probably more about, like, slavery or something. It's a 1915 novel. Okay. Sure. Why not? Yeah. Uh, But it cuts to them all doing various exercises. I'm not really sure, because no one's doing the same one. 
Like some people are doing sit-ups, some people are doing pull-ups. This is just unstructured workout time. No, Hannibal Buress isn't like a good gym teacher. Right. Well, and this is another very good joke, which is that Michelle is laying down in like a sit-up position, but is doing like bench presses <laughs> with her book while she reads it. <laughs> like Hannibal Buress sees it, he doesn't care. Right. He's pretty sure Cat America's a war criminal, but he has to show these videos. Yeah. Listen, this is a nerd school for nerds. He's just happy he's getting them to do any kind of movement at all. But Peter's very good at sit-ups. Right. And, like, the gym teacher calls him out for being good at sit-ups, and Peter, like, immediately, oh, shit, I gotta get worse at sit-ups, because I'm giving it away. Yeah, it's like the Incredibles. You gotta pretend to be mediocre so you can blend in with with the masses. Right. (laughs) Ned's Uh, saying, maybe I could be your guy in the chair, like your sidekick. Right. You know, yeah, you're, you're Oracle. Let's say, and Peter's just like, "What? No, I don't. I don't need that. Nope." So Betty Brant and Liz Allen are over and sitting in the benches doing FMK for the Avengers. They sure are. <laughs> Who would you FMK in the Avengers? Oh boy, gosh. Let me think. Uh, probably. Mar- okay, Mary Thor. I'm very f- confident about that one. I feel like we've done this before. We probably have. Probably kill yes, Tony. Mary Thor. I agree. Kill Tony, probably. Yeah. Oh, God. Yes. Tony's got to die. Uh, and then, uh, fuck. Um, hmm. I mean, you got, uh, probably Steve. You, you think Steve? I, who, who are you thinking? I mean, thinking about Steve, he's, he's, he's a very inexperienced lover. Yeah, but so am I. It's fine. <laughs> hmm. I don't know. I think, I think it might be Hawkeye. Oh, really? See, yeah, I, I was thinking between Steve and Black Widow. Hmm. The I problem with Black, Black Widow, though, is a little inexperienced. like. She does a lot of murder with her thighs in a way that I'd be worried that the, the killing instinct would kick in. <laughs> right. And I'd like to not have my neck snapped. Hawkeye's been married for like for like 20 years. Right. And he his wife is happy enough to live isolated in the woods. So he's gotta oh, be I doing see. something right. Right, yeah. <laughs> and put up with all his renovation projects. <laughs> yeah, that's and fair. So Liz, that's fair. Liz mentions that uh, you know, she she's kinda she kinda thinks Spider Man is hot. Right. So Ned just yells out, Peter knows Spider-Man. Yeah, Ned, you're not helping, buddy. This boy who gets a single line when they're playing FMK does point out, like, well, wait, like, what about Spider-Man? This boy has a crush on Spider-Man also, but that gets glossed over. Oh, yeah, that's that's the representation. <laughs> that's the Disney representation you, Disney. right there. <laughs> Thanks, Disney. Uh, but yeah, Ned tells everyone that Peter and Spider-Man are good friends, and Peter's just like, I, I, uh, I mean, I've, I've met him a few times. Damn it, Ned. Why would you do this to me? So Flash Thompson's like, you know, if you're such good friends, maybe you should invite him to Liz's party. Yeah, uh, okay, okay. Yeah, fine. Liz is like, ah, you know, Peter's way too busy to go to a party. Right, but yeah, he, he agrees to go, and then Ned is like, no, man, I'm helping you, because... Because she has a crush on Spider-Man. Like, he is, though, because, like, the way Liz is looking at Peter clearly indicates that she is interested. Right. Well, I think the thing is that Liz is just interested in Peter. Yeah. It's like one of those things where it's like, oh, geez, 15 years later, that girl definitely did have a crush on me, and I never figured that out, huh? Yeah. Peter. Just, hmm. Yeah. He, but he, he didn't even know this because he was too busy being mad at Ned. Right. So Aunt May drives them to the party, 
And it's, yeah. it's like, it's a very nice house out in the suburbs. Yeah. And Ned has a, a good hat on. Oh, Ned does have a hat on. It's a, you don't like it? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a big hat fan in general, I think. I think, I think Ned makes it work. All right, well, that's, that's fair. So Peter's made like, oh, jeez, oh, Aunt May, maybe we should just go home. Aunt May's like, oh, Peter, I know, you know, this is a tough time for you. Because your body's changing, you're you're flowering, right? But like, what I like is that it's like she makes it clear that she's. It's not just her being like a weird, out of touch parent. She's saying weird shit on purpose to like fluster him. Yeah, no, she's good at being an aunt. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so they go into the party, uh, and <laughs> Michelle. <laughs> this is my favorite Michelle scene, I think. Because she sees them, it's like, oh wow, can't believe you two losers would show up to this dumb party. And uh, they just look over, and are like, you're here too. She just says, am I? And she takes out like a piece of toast with peanut butter on it and just starts eating it. Like she just went into their kitchen and made herself a peanut butter jelly sandwich. No, she didn't even make a sandwich. No, she, she just buttered with peanut butter a slice of toast. <laughs> it's really funny. Uh, but so they've come up with this whole plan where Peter's going to like sneak out, change into Spider-Man because he's got the costume on under his clothes, swing in, talk about like, oh, Peter's a great guy. I love him. You should date him and then swing away. Flash Thompson is the DJ. Yeah. And he announces Peter's arrival by saying, Penis Parker, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> playing Penis Parker, Penis Parker. I feel like... <laughs> and I wonder if Flash realizes that everyone thinks he's deeply obnoxious. Uh, people seem to be enjoy- I mean, to be fair, it's pretty funny. <laughs> like, if you need to bully a kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Peter goes outside, he's changing, he's, like, rehearsing what he's going to say. He's having a lot of second thoughts about this dumb plan. He sees a big explosion in the distance. There is a big explosion right off in the horizon. He starts swinging through the trees to get there, but eventually comes upon a golf course because it's the suburbs. Right. They can't swing good there because there's nothing to swing on. Yeah. He doesn't have the Spider-Ham powers. He's not (laughs) Spider-Ham. But, uh, so there is, like, an arms deal going on uh, between... Aaron Davis. Yeah. Played by Donald Glover. Yeah, he wants to buy a gun to to mug people. (laughs) Yeah, and they've shown him a weapon of mass destruction. (laughs) <laughs> and he's like a, what a reclaimed subultron arm straight from sokovia and he's like what N- like, no i need like a pistol why what's wrong with you uh well he's got black hole grenades chitari rail guns i need a pistol the kind that you have in your hand yeah uh this guy isn't like good at selling or being low-key right well only one person's good at being low-key and that's tim heidecker is that Loki? Did I just make up a wrong actor? I don't remember. Who's Loki's Yo, from- actor? No, it's definitely not Tim Heidecker. I don't know why I said that name. It's Matt Damon, isn't it? Who plays Loki? <laughs> I guess that's no no less wrong than what I just said. Matt Damon does play Loki in Thor 3. Oh, does he? Tom yeah. Hiddleston. There we go. I was like, it's not... T- no, it's not Tom, because Tom Holland is... Sw- Tim? It's probably Tim. Who's a Tim actor I know? Tim Heidecker. Okay, that's him. Listen, I'm bad at things. Now I can't remember his name. Fuck. It's Tom Hiddleston. Tom Hiddleston. 
So yeah, Peter Peter goes to to web up these criminals, but he gets punched by a shock arm. Yeah, and then they drive away in their van, but Peter webs onto it and is dragged through the streets. Yeah, and these guys are working for the vulture. Uh, you know, chase chasing ensues. Yeah, Peter's dragged through the street. He goes webs through the suburbs some more. Right, he gets dragged he, through a bunch of backyards in a yeah, scene reminiscent of property. Right, it, it's a scene reminiscent of the ending of Ferris Bueller, and then he runs through a backyard barbecue where they're screening Ferris Bueller, and it's on that scene. It's a good joke. Yeah, it's a, it's a good joke. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. He chases this van for a while, and I don't know what happens next. He gets caught by Iron Man, right? No, he gets caught by the Vulture. Right. the Vulture, Vulture got yes. a call. like, hey, we need backup. Right, right, right. So the Vulture picks him up and gets him high into the air, and he gets caught in, like, a parachute that he accidentally activates, and he falls into the, the lake. Yeah. And then he gets saved by Iron Man. Yeah. And Iron Man mentions that he's been watching everything that Peter's been doing. Yeah. Because he's got Google in the suit. Right, he's he's got all kinds of high tech stuff in the suit. He's been, you know, yeah, watching everything he's doing. Is this where he mentions that he knows about like the message he left? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like what happened to the lady with the churro? Yeah, and he scolds Peter for trying to take down the arms deal. He's like, you know, there are people who handle this sort of thing, like the FBI, I guess. Right, and he also reveals that he's not actually here. He's doing the Iron Man three remote control thing. Right. He's actually in India. Yeah, and just talking remotely. Uh, Tony Fireless. Yeah. But yeah, they have a big argument about how, like, Spider-Man is good enough to be an Avenger. And Tony's like, no, you're not, kid. You gotta learn to build yourself up. Handle the small stuff that you keep fucking up. Yeah, he is right about that that one. He isn't... (laughs) He's not good at being a superhero. Yeah, he's not great at it. And, like, the Avenger thing he did was a dumb nonsense fight they all had about bullshit. So really, Peter needs to stop thinking that that was important. Right, I mean, he mentions, like, n- nobody except for Black Panther was trying to kill anyone in that fight. Right. Like, if Cap wanted to lay you out, he could have. Yeah. He was holding back because you are a kid. <laughs> You're a 15-year-old child. Yeah. And Peter's, like, trying to continue this conversation. Tony hangs up on him, and the drone flies away. Yeah, Tony's bad. Tony's bad. Uh, so it's it's too late. It's too late to go back to the party because Flash Thompson is full on penis Parker mode, and everyone's loving it. Right. Peter does find like a chunk of alien technology, though. Yeah, there's a weird glowing purple thing in it, and then it cuts to another weird glowing purple thing that the Tinker is tinkering with back at the lab. Yeah, where the Vulture has arrived and is scolding scolding those guys for messing up the deal. Right. I, I do I do really like uh the Tinker's like wormhole thing that he uses to get a beer. Yeah, it's good. It's I good. like I like using advanced technology for mundane things. Yeah, it's a good goof. And here you get you get a, a subtle hints of the vulture's true identity and relationship with Liz. Because yeah. the Tinker mentions uh there's text on his phone that like this is something about a brake light. And earlier in the party, Liz heard something break in the background and was like I gotta, I gotta check that out, or my dad will be mad. Oh yeah. So Tinker also mentions that he finished designing the high altitude vacuum seal, right? In case you want to go for the big one, the big one. Oh, she's like, no, no, it's too risky. Yeah. Uh. So 
the guys that were doing the arms deal come back and they're like, oh man, that was badass. Their van is like blown to hell. Uh, the vulture's very mad at them on account of they shot giant laser guns outside in like the middle of New York. One of the guys has started calling himself the Shocker. Yeah, because he's got that Shocker. So Vulture fires him. Yeah. He's like, well, okay, I guess I'll just go do my own thing, and maybe I'll tell tell people about you. Vulture's like, no, don't threaten me or my family. And he kills him. Just murders the man. Yeah, he turns him to ash. To be fair, he thought it was a gravity gun. Yeah. It's it's pretty grisly, honestly. Yeah. Uh, But now, not only does the movie have the Shocker, it also has the Shocker 2. Because now the other guy is the Shocker. He gets the shock arm. Yeah. Uh, but Peter is, like, banging on the piece he found with a hammer to try and get the glowing gemstone out from the middle of it to look at it. Yeah, he's just doing this in the middle of uh, shop class. <laughs> yeah, I love the idea that no one pays attention to Peter in any of his classes, so he can just do superhero stuff during them. Yeah, he, he can see, he can analyze it with his smart science brain and see that it's combining alien technology with human technology. Yeah. Because the gem is hooked up to, like, microprocessors from IBM. Yeah. Yeah, and Ned is, like, mad that Peter ditched the party, but then gets over it when he learns that superhero stuff is happening. Peter bangs it a little too hard and gets the gem out, and yeah. the teacher, teacher says, keep your fingers clear of the blades. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so they, they run and hide. The the Shocker 2 is at the high school now. The Then Peter do their cool extended handshake. You ever, you ever had one of these? No, I've never had a cool extended handshake with a person. Yeah, no, it seems difficult to uh, yeah. synchronize and develop. Yeah. That's and how not you know really worth such it good either. friends. <laughs> like, I think as a joke, once or twice, I have, like, pretended like I had an extended handshake with someone, and we just kind of tried to match each other's movements. Do you think that that's what they might be doing here? No, I think they have a rehearsed one, because they're dorks. Mm, we never see him do it twice. Sure, that's true. Uh, but yeah, what is uh, what are the vultures' goons doing here? They're just checking out the school. They have a little dragon radar, and they're looking for the purple thing. Right. Okay. Yeah. Peter Match is like, "Hey, that's one of the guys who tried to kill me. We should avoid them." Right. And they go back into the shop room and say, "There's an energy pulse." Energy pulse. But, but Peter, uh, yeah, is able to uh, crawl under the table and shoot out a little spider drone thing onto the shocker's boot. Which right. Crawls up his leg, which they, they can then use to track it. Yeah. And like, yeah, Ned is looking at this, like, th- 3D hollow map, and he's like, whoa. That's yeah. what he's like. He's like, whoa. But they're just hanging out all day, watching where they're moving to get a sense of what their deal is. And turns out they're not too far from DC. Right. Which is where the academic decathlon nationals are, September 14th, to date this film. Ah. 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 I, like, we get this very long time elapsement while they're just watching things happening. I like near the end when Ned just sits up and he's wearing the Spider-Man mask. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so Peter is now going to go on the decathlon. Yeah, and Flash is like, you think you can just crawl back here and be welcomed back by everyone? And then he is. Right. The teacher comes out and is like, oh, thank God Peter's here. <laughs> right. Oh, oh God. We don't have to use Flash. Whew. <laughs> Michelle wants to get going because she was hoping to get some light protesting done before dinner. Right. So they get on the bus and they're just like drilling trivia questions. Uh, uh, Flash jumps in with one while everyone's answering them correctly. And it's like, nope, he's the only wrong one. 
that one of the signs as they drive into DC says Triskelion cleanup, use alternate routes. <laughs> Which it, it it has well, it's been like two and a half years. What's uh what's the Triskelion? The thing from Winter Soldier. Oh, like the 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 hover ships? No, the shield headquarters that the hover ships all fell on. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know how these government cleanup jobs go. Yeah, these, these damage controls not doing it. They take the jobs from the hard work and salt of the earth Americans. And then and they, they get it done. And then they don't get it done. No wonder Trump got elected. <laughs> I hate the world I live in. Anyway. <laughs> and then just looking at the hologram in the bus openly. Like, I guess he's technically obscured by the seats, but like. Right. It wouldn't be hard for someone to just lean over and see. Yeah, uh, but Peter, like, they get to their hotel, uh, and Peter and Ned are sharing a room, and Peter is starting to hack his spider suit. Uh, he's removing, like, the tracking system that Tony has on it, because he does, he's a grown-up. He don't need no adult supervision when he's doing superhero stuff. Yeah, he removes the training wheels protocol. Yeah. Ned has, has uh, everything, this is fine sticker on his Dell laptop. Oh, yeah, he does. Do you think you think Casey Green got paid for that? I sure hope he did. I'm I'm doubtful though, honestly. You don't think he got royalties off that? I sh- like I said, I sure hope he did. Okay. I know he's had a lot of like trouble with people ripping because his drawings are so like simple, but clearly they strike a chord with people because they show up everywhere. Right. And that that one in particular was very popular. Yeah, like that one in Dick Butt. So they they found the guy. Peter's going to go sneak off in the middle of the night and go attack the guys. Yeah. Now that he doesn't have the training wheels on. and he ru- But he runs into Liz in her swimsuit. And he's like, whoa. whoa. That's what he's uh, like. G- 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 girl? <laughs> and they're all going to sneak off into the pool in the middle of the night. Which, I, she actually, this is like against the rules, but. It's a pool. It's a hotel pool. It doesn't seem like right. Like often they are they are closed late at night, but it doesn't seem that late. Maybe they just have like a strict curfew from the teacher, and they're blowing that off. Okay, I get the sense the teacher doesn't really care. Yeah, I I know from like I remember like middle school, high school stuff where it was a lot of like everyone needs to be in their hotel rooms by like eight p.m. and you can't go out that kind of stuff because they don't want kids getting lost or right. or like. Kids sneaking into other kids' rooms and doing sex, and then them getting in trouble because of that. Right. Which, from what I never went to a lot of that stuff. My understanding was that Model UN was basically an excuse just to have a fun teen orgy. Oh yeah, a lot of these kinds of events are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, Liz is basically saying, "Hey, come swim in the pool with me, and we'll make out." <laughs> hey, come to our fun teen orgy. And she's like, "No, I, you know, I got thing to do." Yeah. It's like, come. Come on. She's like, what? How How could you possibly have a thing to do? And yeah, Peter has to blow her off. And he makes sure to get uh, one last creepy look at her yeah. before finally swinging off from the roof. Yeah. You know. So now he's removed the training wheels. Right. There's now a voice in his suit. Right. He's got like Alexa in there now. Well, her name is Karen. Right. After Plankton's computer wife. Oh, you're right. It is Plankton's computer wife. <laughs> yes. Peter would be the right age for that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so he gets to work trying to track these guys. Yeah, he tracks their van to, like, an, an abandoned gas station. Yeah. But he the webs, there's, like, a ton of different web combinations, but he's not used to them. Right. So he tries to swing, but he falls flat to the ground because it's set to, like, 
shooty web mode. Yeah. It, yeah, it, it's, you know, he pressed R1 instead of R2. The suit tries to go into instant kill mode. Appears like, I don't, I don't like to do murders. I'm one of those superheroes. Right. So the vulture is flying over some of the some of the trucks that are transporting alien stuff, I guess. Mm-hmm. And he throws like some marbles onto the roof of the truck, and then the marbles separate into four corners and make make a phasey wall that he can phase through the top of the truck. Yeah, it's a cool, which is a really cool thing. It's a cool thing. Yeah, he goes yeah, this in. Movie has a lot of cool technology that isn't even in other movies. Yeah, yeah, there's cool stuff in this movie. Uh, but yeah, so he gets into the back of the truck and he, you know, starts stealing. What? Which mo- is this Ultron stuff? What is this stuff? Not you know, it's stuff. It's alien stuff. It's 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 cool Avengers movie stuff. Yeah, he's he's you know he's scavenging like a vulture. Oh yeah. Oh, I get it. So Peter confronts him and takes a backpack with some of the stuff in it. Then yeah. he he ends up getting beat up and thrown back in the truck, and the vulture takes his marbles. So Peter's stuck in there. Right. And he's stuck in there until he is driven into the facility, and right. he's just stuck in the big warehouse. He gets taken into the warehouse from the end of Indiana Jones. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, he's in the most secure facility on the eastern seaboard, the damage control deep storage vault. It's not that secure, clearly. <laughs> Like, they didn't count for stowaways? I mean, they probably did. They probably didn't account for people phasing through the solid steel they of the truck. They don't know that technology exists? Well, no, because the vultures, the Tinker invented it recently. Okay. So Peter can't can't open the door, and it probably won't open until the morning. So he's just going to do some bonding with his computer wife. Yeah, he just hangs out. He's testing out all the new properties of his suit. Uh, Gives her a name, Karen. Yep. At After one point, Plankton's computer wife. <laughs> uh, at one point, he like makes the the like web wings that Spider Man sometimes has. Uh, he's like jumping rope with web. He's just he's just having a time. Yeah, he's like laid out on the ground talking about his feelings with Karen about uh, about Liz. I I like whenever Spider Man wears clothes over his suit. Yeah, it's good. He's got, like a hoodie on over the suit, and then his like uh, quiz bowl jacket on over the hoodie. He's asking Karen for romantic advice. Should I tell Liz I'm Spider-Man? Yeah. Which is, I, I feel like that's jumping a few steps. Yeah. I feel like maybe you should start with, Liz, I like you. Right. And maybe don't reveal your big secret immediately. Maybe don't talk about yourself so obsessively. And he's like, how long have we been here, Karen? 37 minutes. Right. Good Peter's goof. just very bored, so he decides he's going to try hacking the door. Yeah. Instead of not doing that. Right. So yeah, he starts fishing <laughs> through the stuff he has access. He starts calling Ned, who's <laughs> yeah, go on. Whose picture is a lot like that one picture of you? <laughs> Which one picture of me? You have a picture like that, don't you? Probably. That's like angled, so your your face is big. That I've got like eight chins. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah. he hacks the, the most secure door in the universe with the TI-80, not even 84, TI-83 calculator. Man, Spider-Man's very smart. Yeah, so he hacks and, the door, he gets out of there, and... Yeah, uh, but it's, the, the, the decathlon's already started, he's too late. Oh man, Peter, Peter! And Ned just keeps a glowing, clearly visible through his jacket. Yeah. Alien bomb in his pocket. <laughs> 
So yeah. they're they're doing the decathlon and they're a little nervous about it without Peter, but they end up winning. And even Flash does good. Yeah. And Michelle gets the winning answer of zero. <laughs> uh, yeah, so they are kind of celebrating. Flash is like, yeah, I told you we didn't need Peter. And everyone's just like, Flash, you didn't help at all. Uh, they get to the Washington Monument, and uh, the teacher's like, oh, check it out, Michelle. And Michelle's like, ah, I mean, I don't really want to celebrate a monument built by slaves. This really puts a damper on the end of Hamilton. <laughs> right <laughs> when when they mentioned that Elizabeth is right. her name, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Raise funds on. for the Washington Monument. Yeah, <laughs> the teacher's just like, "Oh, Michelle, come on! It's the Washington Monument. It wasn't built by." It looks over and there's like a black janitor or something who just kind of nods He's solemnly. A security guard. What's that? He's a security guard. guard. Yeah. Okay. They're just like, yeah. I mean, yeah. The teacher's just like, man. And then you get a scathing critique of the TSA, because Ned is going through security uh-huh. <laughs> to get to the Washington Monument, and he he just gets waved in with his fucking alien bomb in his backpack. <laughs> yeah, good point. Well, it probably didn't set off a metal detector. No, it, it goes through the x-ray, and it, like, uh, it like glitches out the screen, but oh. I guess it doesn't show up. Right. But also, it is visible. Like, there is a visible glow coming from his backpack. Right. It's like, was he emptying his pockets and just tossing this glowing rock into, like, a little tray? What's oh, in his backpack. Okay, yeah. I guess. Why? Uh, yeah. But again, the glow is extremely, like... <laughs> right. <laughs> Peter is run to the Washington Monument, and he webs his backpack into the tree. And at this point, he's figured out that, like, the the thing that Ned has is going to explode and kill everyone. Right. It's already starting to burn through the elevator. Yeah. And it does. And the it, elevator's stuck near the top of the Washington Monument. Yes. Which is no good. It would be better if it was stuck at the bottom. Right. Because then people wouldn't, you know. Right, because Peter understands that because of the positioning, the elevator has a lot of potential energy. Right. <laughs> that when that when eventually the cables give way, it will be converted into kinetic energy. Right, and, and he understands that because he's good at physics. It will be converted into smash his friend's energy. <laughs> you the need to be good energy. at physics to understand that things high can hurt. <laughs> Thing, if, if fall from high, <laughs> hurt back. Uh, so, Peter starts climbing the Washington Monument. Yeah, he gets all the way to the top, and then there's like a helicopter that appears like, hey, Get off. Stop it. So he jumps over the helicopter and, like, into a small window, which is the only way to get to the elevator. Yeah. Because he's acrobatic. Right. That's that's kind of Spider-Man's deal. Doesn't he kind of, like, get freaked out by how high he is? Yeah. It's pretty high. It's pretty high. How high is the Washington Monument? Well, let's I look, mean, it, let's up. look it up. How tall is the Washington Monument? 555 feet. It's pretty tall. It's not short. Well, but I think even more than the height, the it's like... second, web the elevator. Yeah, I was going to say, even more than the height, I think it's that there's nothing else around. So, like, he might have been on tall buildings before, but there's other tall buildings nearby. I mean, he webbed himself back onto the monument. Right. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, he's he's able to grab into the elevator and pull up the elevator. He puts on his Spider-Man voice, which is like, hey, how you doing? It's me, Spider-Man. <laughs> hey, I'm Spiden here. Uh, But yeah. So he does he saves saves the people. Yeah, and Liz Liz almost falls, but Peter has a special web just for her 
and gets to hold her hands for the first time. <laughs> yeah. So Karen advises Peter right after saving Liz's life, this is your chance. Kiss her. Which, no, don't. <laughs> no, that'd be a bad call. Bad advice. The shocker, too, is now is now back at the lab practicing his shocker moves. Yeah. The vulture's like, ah, oh, geez, the Spider-Man guy. He's 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 really making my business tough. Yeah. And he really he really ruined some of the haul I got from that truck. So now we, we need to we should we should we should move forward with that Gargan deal to make up for it. Like this little red bozo in these pajamas thinks he can ruin everything I built. Ah, oh, I'm gonna kill him. Eight years and nothing nothing from the feds, nothing from those Halloween costume wearing bozos. <laughs> I watched this muted because I was doing other things. I'm pretty sure Michael Keaton did not have that much of a New York accent, but I'm definitely giving him one. Is yeah, 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 a noticeable accent. Sure, but I just don't think it. Yeah, I'm gonna get that spider. It's me, Michael Keaton. I used to be Batman. Now I'm a villain. So the kids all get back home. Aunt May hugs Peter. There's a school report on the news the next day that the academic decathlon team won, but almost died and got rescued by Spider-Man. Yeah. Teacher says, hold on, pull up the line. As you know, we made it alive, and that's the most important thing. I couldn't bear to lose a student on a school trip. Not, Not again. again. <laughs> <laughs> the camera just zooms way too tight into his face. He's only been a teacher for, at max, five years. <laughs> he has lost at least one student. Yeah. But, yeah, so everyone's excited. Spider-Man saved the day. Now Peter's like, I'm too cool for school. Right. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna just be a full-time superhero and leave school to go drop yeah. out of school <laughs> which is, and stop the vulture. Which is a terrible idea. <laughs> Peter's just full of bad ideas. Yeah. At some point during all this, he gets a call from Happy just checking up on him, because Happy does that now, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Uh, he also, this is where we get, uh, where he gets detention. Yeah, Happy mentions that uh, they're finally moving, they're doing, like, the last moving trip from Avengers Tower to the New York facility. Yeah. Which is important for later. Right. But Peter gets put in detention, I think for skipping out on Quiz Bowl, right? Yeah. Yeah. And he's gonna watch another Captain America video. <laughs> so, we got detention. <laughs> where Captain just spins a chair around to sit in it backwards and yeah just gives a whole speech about how you were probably just trying to be cool to your friends but the real cool thing is doing what your teachers tell you there i never noticed this before but here in attention michelle's with him yeah there's also two twins who really look like 30 year old men they do not look like high schoolers i don't know who those guys are yeah I mean, I, you know, twins are just people that exist. This is, I mean, just I don't know, right? Uh, but so he just walks out of attention. <laughs> yeah, look, well, the gym teacher's the one running it, and again, clearly doesn't care very much. I think, yeah, there's also a line about like Michelle doesn't really have detention; she just comes in here because it's quiet, right? No, she comes here to sketch people in crisis, <laughs> right? She shows shows him a drawing of him. Yeah, <laughs> right. She's got a drawing of the. Michelle is like borderline a Scott Pilgrim character in a movie that is not does not have that energy, but I I, yes. I, I kinda like it. Captain America's final line before it cuts is So your body's changing. Believe yeah. me. 
I know how that feels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but so Peter lifts up an entire row of lockers because that's where he's got his web fluid hidden. He. <laughs> okay. Uh huh. Sure. Like there's cameras in the school. Right. But we already established that the staff is pretty negligent. Right, for this being like a fancy magnet school for smart kids, the staff seems really bad. They're getting kids killed, they're not paying attention to what they're doing in any of the classes. <laughs> like, you, just pay attention to what's going on around you. Right, based that's, that's situational awareness. That's all I'm asking. So, yeah, Peter grabs some web fluid, goes home, and is, uh having Karen pull up archive like all the footage she's taken of him as Spider-Man because uh, he's trying to find information on that arms deal he saw but instead she just keeps pulling up him goofing around in his spider suit doing like Avengers impressions but she does eventually pull up the file on Aaron Davis yeah who was there at the deal because fucking Tony Stark is evil and has information on everybody right uh, so Peter goes to find Aaron Davis. He like corners him in a parking garage, webs his hand to a trunk door. He has his super deep interrogation voice on. Yeah. And Aaron Davis is like, it's not, it's not threatening. It's just, it's just lame. Yeah. And Aaron's like, I heard you uh, back at the bridge. I know that that's not what you sound like. See, so as one hand is webbed, he's still like casually loading his groceries into the trunk. Right, he doesn't, he's very clearly not intimidated by Spider-Man. He, like, slams the trunk and, like, looks at him threateningly, and Spider-Man backs away a few steps. He's like, you're bad at this, buddy. And Aaron Davis mentions, you know, he he doesn't really like that they're selling these these alien weapons people either, because he's got a nephew who lives around here. He wants it to be safe. Right. They have a debate on different sandwich shops. Right, because they mentioned that, like, Delmar's got destroyed by one of the lasers. Like, oh, you know Delmar's? Yeah, yeah, it's my favorite place. Oh, I like this place better. It's good. Subhaven. Yeah. There's, like, there's too much bread. I like and bread. Says, I like bread. Uh, but yeah, so they, they start to argue to see if Aaron knows anything. And Aaron uh, mentions uh, Matt Gargan, the scorpion, yeah. that the vulture's supposed to be doing a deal with him mm. out on a boat. Well, Spider-Man leaves before he can say the location. (laughs) (laughs) Then Aaron comes back like, wait, I didn't tell you where it is. Yeah. So he does. Right. Staten Island Ferry at 11. Spider-Man decides to leave him here, webbed to his car. Well, I don't think he decides to. I think he just doesn't have any way to, like, free him from the web other than waiting for it to dissolve. You think he doesn't have web-solving juice? No, I don't think he does. I don't think he thought I had that much. He can't pull him off? I do not think he can. He's not strong enough to pull his own web? Mm, I, I, I'm I, saying no. I think this is the first time Peter's ever been like, confronted with a situation where he needed the webbing to wear off faster. But he doesn't even try, though, is the thing. That's true. Like, if he tried and he didn't figure out, I was like, okay, yeah, I owe you one. I'll figure this out for next time. Right, that's true. No, he just leaves him here. Well, doesn't he also have a line ice cream like, melt. about, like, hey, he listen. ice cream in the trunk. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't have a lot of like. Listen, you are a you you are a bad guy still. Like, deal with it. Which Spider Man? Come Why? on! All he did was mug people. <laughs> All he did was threaten people for money under threat of violence. Ah, Spider Man slammed that guy's head against the car. <laughs> like, who's worse, Aaron Davis or Spider Man? Uh, I'm saying it's a toss up. I'm saying Spider Man doesn't. Spider Man from his high horse up there. <laughs> Just can't see the whole situation. 
Sure. Anyway, Spider-Man leaves him to sit and let his ice cream melt. Well, he goes to uh, jump onto a the, the boat where this deal is happening. Yeah. Meanwhile, he gets a call from Aunt May because he skips school and isn't home. Yeah. He's being a real delinquent. Yeah. Matt Gargan here is played by Michael Mando, who you may recognize as the villain from Far Cry 3. Oh, I don't recognize them, but sure, I believe you. He's very good at acting. Yeah. He's in uh, Better Call Saul also. Yeah. Yeah. He's in the that one show with the clones. Okay. <laughs> Clone High? No, it's there's like a bunch of clones of a woman. Oh, oh, oh. oh um uh shit, what's that show called? It's uh <laughs> See now, oh god. What? I'm going to be Mando show. C- clone lady show. Holy Orphan Black. Orphan Black. There we go. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one. So Tony forces a call into Peter's suit, because yeah. he can do that, because he's Tony. Right. And he's trying to compliment him for his work in DC. Yeah. So like, you took initiative, you saved people. Right, you did a good job. Because Tony doesn't know that the whole problem happened because of Peter. Right. But he hears the horn of the fairy, and he's like, what's that horn? And Peter's like, uh, I'm a band practice. And <laughs> Tony mentions that Happy told him... That Peter quit band practice six weeks ago. So Happy is relaying messages. Right. Happy's like, uh, uh, just support this child. And maybe he wouldn't or be. Or don't. We're just like, you don't have to, but also don't like, like leave him alone. Right. Like you're, you're doing the worst of both worlds here. Exactly. So he beats up the guys. He's doing his quip. He's being fun Spider-Man hero. Also, I like that uh, Tony's, ex- like, the, what tips Tony off is, wait a second, Happy said you quit band practice, and not, why are you wearing your spider suit at band practice? Right. <laughs> so uh, the FBI is here because they knew about the deal, because Tony probably told them, or they yeah. were doing their own investigation. Right. And Peter just, just ruined their scene. Yep. And now the Vulture's here, and he's attacking the FBI men with the gravity gun. Because yeah. again, Peter just escalated everything. It made yeah. everything worse. Yeah, Peter's just made everything worse. Which, okay, Peter has made everything worse, but mm, put a lot of the blame on Tony here, because Tony could have kept hit. To- Again, if there had been a two-way street of communication, Tony could have been like, hey, good job finding out about those arms dealers. I'm in. I'm working with the FBI to get it dealt with. Good job, yeah, Peter. Absolutely. Peter, uh, Tony has more blame than Peter here. Yeah, like, Peter is doing all this shit because he is under the completely reasonable impression that no one cares about what he has to say, and no one's gonna stop the vulture unless he does. Right. Because Tony has given them this suit, which he couldn't have gotten here without. Right. But has not given him guidance or direction. Yeah. Like, give give him something specific to do. Give him something so to do, right. Or, again, just let him know, like, if if he had just gotten an attaboy from Tony about, like, oh, yeah, you know, you you tipped us off to this arms-dealing ring, and now we're dealing with it, you know, good job being our, like, eyes on the ground like that. I think Peter would have been happy with that. Yeah. Tony doesn't know how to be a papa. No, he does not know or how to be a papa. a boss. Or a boss. Yeah. You know, there you go. That's what should be Put Pepper in charge of training Peter. She'll she'll figure it out. She's good at boss stuff. 
I guess so. I guess she does also manage a multinational company yeah, she already. Is the chief executive officer. <laughs> yeah, she might be a little busy, I guess. So but, uh, Peter take, webs the gun away from the vulture, but then it starts firing wildly, and he webs it up, but it's not enough. And right, it splits it, the ferry in half. Yeah, it ends up breaking the entire ferry in half, and Peter has to, like, throw webs in between the two halves and, like, hold it together with his bare strength. This feels very, like, reminiscent of, like, the L-Train sequence from Spider-Man 2 to me. Yeah, it's a lot like that. Yeah, because it's Spider-Man being ripped apart by his own webs while he's trying to save people. He webs up the ship. And he but he only webbed up 98% of the pillars. Yeah. It wasn't enough. Right. But eventually, Iron Man comes in and pushes the ship together and fuses it together, I guess. I guess. Yeah, you know. Listen, we got a lot of movie to get through. We can't spend too long on the logistics of how Iron Man repairs a boat. And he saves the day. Yeah. So he had to bail Peter out again. Right. After Peter made the situation worse again. Which is really only because... He failed to communicate to him again. He's not going to take responsibility for that. He's just going to punish Peter. Exactly. Yeah, so this time he's finally come in person. Or, or are we not at that scene? I guess we're not, because we got to go talk about the Vulture first. Yeah. Who's grumpy because their big arms deal fell apart, so now they're going to go after the big one that the Tinker the big- has been arguing for. Yeah. Because he knows he can make it happen. So now, now Iron Man has come to lecture Peter about yes. what he's done. Right, and this time he's bothered to come in person. And he yells at him a bunch, you know. Yeah. And again, he says, Yeah, go ahead. You know I was the only one who believed in you? Everyone else said I was crazy to recruit a 14-year-old kid. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Tony, Tony! Tony! Are you listening to yourself? <laughs> Tony, Tony is such a bastard. <laughs> is a bastard man. Like, A... You were crazy to recruit a 14-year-old kid, even if he's capable. He's not mentally or emotionally ready for that. B, weren't even really recruiting him for anything important, just a weird grudge match against a guy you don't like. Right. Like, C, he's only getting into trouble because you're doing such a fantastically bad job. Peter's like, I'm sorry, I just wanted to be like you. Yeah. I wanted you to be better than me, but I'm not going to help you do that. Just figure it out. Yeah. So he takes away the suit. Peter's like, no, I'm nothing without this suit. Right. And uh, Tony says, like, if you're nothing without the suit, then you're nothing with the suit. Peter does mention he doesn't have any other clothes with him. So Tony buys him some oversized tourist gear. Right. And he crawls home. Rame is like, hey, what the fuck? Yeah. You weren't at school. You weren't at home. I've been calling you all day. You didn't answer your phone. Like, I know you've been sneaking out of this house every night. I called right. five police stations. I called all your friends. Yeah. So he explains he lost the Stark internship, and he's he's been working himself super hard to do it, but he messed it all up, and now he's lost it, and oh, his whole life's in shambles. And Aunt May, you know, they they have a scene like she comforts him, and she's like, "Listen, I get it. You're you're a teen, but like we're all each other have anymore, so we we can't do this kind of stuff." I like Aunt May in this movie. Aunt May's good. Yeah. Like, Aunt, Aunt May is actively trying to have a relationship with him and, like, understand what's happening in his life. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, Peter kind of gets talked to by the principal, and uh, I, I have, see, a, I have a sense that, like, every th- adult in Peter's life is like, oh, you lost the Stark internship? Thank God, that was clearly killing you. Yeah. And you weren't even getting paid for it. Right. You can see in the background that the principal, played by the same actor... 
as that one guy from Captain America 1. Oh, really? Is the grandson of that one guy from Captain America 1. <laughs> <laughs> they did the Tommy Lee Jones thing, finally. Yeah, there you go. Uh, but yeah, so now we get a montage, like, Peter's trying to get his life back together. He's He's answering questions in school again. He's building a Death Star with Ned. Yeah, the principal principal just gave him a slap on the wrist like, Peter, I know you're a good kid. Just, you gotta show up to school. <laughs> right. Yeah, and you know, th- things are just kind of fitting back together for Peter. He's, he's picking up the pieces of his life. Uh, and at one point, he runs into Liz in the hallway because she is doing uh, some homecoming stuff. Yeah. And yeah, they have, they have a little moment together. They finally have a conversation. Yeah. Peter, Peter tries to, like, talk to her instead of impressing her, like, obliquely. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then she comes up like, hey, uh, I like you. And he's like, yeah, I know, and I also like you, dumbass. You dipshit, idiot. <laughs> Let's go to homecoming together. Yeah, they're, they're gonna go to homecoming. He's gonna get a girlfriend. And Aunt May is excited, because now she, she gets to show him how to be a dapper young gentleman. Right. <laughs> Shows them how to tie a tie. Yeah. And dance. Again, good aunt. Good aunt. He's like polishing his shoe, which I like. Yeah, and like as as uh she drives him over to Liz's house, giving him some, some final tips. Yeah. How to charm her. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is all gonna be great. I'm no this is again, like I don't think it's necessarily I'm not calling it like a ripoff or anything. This is very similar to the part in Spider Man two. When Peter decides not to be Spider-Man anymore. Yeah. It just now his life is perfect. Yes. Uh, but like Spider-Man 2, that perfection can't last forever. So here comes the best scene in the movie. This is a very good scene. I I read on Wikipedia. Yeah. That like this is this is kinda this the whole movie is kind of built around this scene. Like this is what they thought of yeah. very early. Wait, because I feel like this is like the ultimate Spider-Man scene. This whole like sequence. Because it's yes. it's like he's trying to be a normal teenager, and his superhero life is invading it and not letting him. Because he he rings the doorbell, and it turns out that Liz's dad is the vulture. It's so good. It's very good. Because when this first happened, I I at first didn't even actually understand what was going on. And I was like, wait, uh-huh. like why does he? It's, uh, oh, oh, yeah. And like going back to Spider Man Two, like again, I think Spider Man Two is a better movie than this. But its version of this is not as good because that, like, in that movie, it's just like Peter is talking to uh, Mary Jane and, like, the Doc Ock just, like, throws a car through the restaurant they're in. And right. it's a cool scene, but this is so much better in terms of, like, Peter just has to sit with, like, the rock in his gut while he's going through all this stuff with a person he knows is a supervillain. Yes. And it's, like, this is long. Like, there's multiple scenes of them just together. Yeah, and it like, goes on. And, like, Peter knows that he's the Vulture, and slowly over the course of all of this, Vulture figures out that he's, you know, Peter, uh, Spider-Man. Yeah, that 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 scene will all, is also very well shot. Yeah, yeah. But, like, the Vulture's kind of, like, putting on the the tough dad routine on Peter. Right. Like, ah, you, you better treat my girl right. Yeah. He's like, yeah, hey, you all right, Peter? You seem a little, uh, sweaty. What's, what's... <laughs> As he's waving a knife at yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the mom's like, like, don't worry about him. He's like, oh, he's, you want some, hey, Petey, you want some bourbon? No, no, I'm not old enough to drink. Ah, it's the right answer. I like you, kid. 
<laughs> I'm Michael Keaton. This is what it sound like. Liz is, Liz is taking some homecoming selfies in the car. Yeah. As uh, as uh, the vulture starts grilling Peter about what his future's going to be. Right. And Liz mentions that Peter has an internship with Tony Stark. And the vulture's, like, impressed. Right. Even though he doesn't like Tony Stark. It's like, sure. okay, that's a good gig. Right. But clearly this is a, a smart kid. Good head on his shoulders. And Peter mentions he, he doesn't intern him with anymore. It got boring. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what boring? You got to hang out with Spider Man. Right. It's like, oh, what's Spider Man like? And what is Spider Man like? And Vulture starts to think, mm, Peter, hmm, have I seen you around? You seem kind of familiar. Yeah, something about you. Hmm, something about your voice that I feel like I've been quipped at in that voice. And he starts talking about what happened in DC. Peter mentions, you know, he, he wasn't actually up in the elevator. He yeah. was on the ground. You know, it was great when Spider-Man came and saved them. Yeah, and like, huh, hmm, why was... Hold on a second. And like, they're stopped at a traffic light, and just like, uh, Michael Keaton is just bathed in the light of the red light while they're just like, talking to each other. Yes. And he's clearly figuring it out. And then the light turns green on his face. Yeah. <laughs> it says, good old Spider-Man. Good old It's so good. Sp- yeah, this is, this is a really excellent part of this movie. <laughs> but uh I love michael keaton's acting he's good at yeah this. michael keaton's great um so they get to the dance and uh vulture tells his daughter like hey why don't you go on inside i'm gonna give i'm gonna give peter here the dad talk and uh now they just have this conversation where they both know that each other is as an alter ego and uh vulture says like listen you saved my daughter's life and i appreciate that so here's what I'm gonna offer you: leave me alone, or I'll kill you. Right, and and everybody he loves. Yes, and everybody he loves. Yeah, that's what he'll do to protect his family. Right. So go in there and show my daughter a good time, but not too good. Yeah. So you're like <laughs> staring at the ground as he walks into the dance. Right. And walks up to Liz as I listen. <laughs> I gotta go. Yeah. As he walks in, Michelle flips him off. <laughs> Michelle is just very good, is the thing. Michelle is very Like, honestly, I feel like that's the most exciting thing about Far From Home, is that presumably she will be the main love interest of that movie, and we're going to get a lot more of her. Yeah, let's see more of Michelle. Yeah. So now Peter makes the choice that he's going to go stop the vulture and bail and dance instead yeah. of dancing, even though it's super lame to Liz. Yeah. Yeah. Although, honestly, I don't know what Liz was expecting, because this is all Peter ever does. Yeah, she doesn't look that surprised right. when he does it, but very disappointed. Right. It's like, ah, oh, Peter. Peter. Uh, come on. Peter. Even Michelle is like, come on. Like, I wanted you to go with me, but come on. Right. Yeah, but he's got to go stop the vulture crystal. Yeah, he's wearing his crappy Spider-Man suit. Right, yeah. it's all he's got anymore. And as he runs out the back door, the shocker comes and punches him, because I guess he was waiting there. Yeah. And he's like, he gave you a choice, and you chose wrong. And now you're gonna get shockered. Shockered. So they, they have a they have a fight. Yeah. Ned, they do a Ned fighting. comes in, Peter says, you gotta go be the guy in the chair, Ned. Be, be my backup from the computer lab. Yeah. Yeah, Ned finally gets to be what he always wanted to be. Flash is, Flash is driving his date to homecoming when Spider-Man jumps on his car. Yeah. And commandeers the car. <laughs> yes. Flash's response is very good. Sir, this is my dad's car, sir, so I, I, I can't... I, 
<laughs> she gets up here driving off and immediately hitting some bikes because he can't drive. Right. So Ned is tracking Peter's phone, which he intentionally left in the vulture's car. Right. Because he's a smart boy. He is a smart boy. Yeah, and Ned is like hacking on two computers simultaneously. <laughs> yeah, he's like, like swiveling back and forth. But yeah, they're not like next to each other though. He's got like one behind him and one so he just keeps like pushing his chair around and spinning it to work on multiple computers. Uh he sure just call him happy happy. He's like, I don't have time for this shit. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. eventually Peter figures out that what Vulture's doing is it's moving day, and he's gonna steal all the stuff from the plane that they're loading from Avengers Tower. Right. Yeah, uh, but at the same time, a teacher comes into the library where Ned's working and is just like, Ned, why? Why this? Why this, Ned? What are you doing, Ned? <laughs> I'm looking at porn. Not a good excuse, Ned. Isn't it? No. You could have said any word after I'm looking at, and it would have been a better word to choose than porn. That means she won't look at it. I guess that's true. Yeah, okay, I guess. So Peter completely crashes, flashes Dad's car, finally gets to the warehouse where the vultures wait. Right, and the vultures is very, like, casual, like, oh, hey, Pete, didn't hear you come in. And he's like, you know, I, I admire your grit. Yeah. You're, you're a self-made man like me. Right. I see why Liz likes you. Yeah, yeah. Again, Michael Keaton is just the best part of this whole dang movie. Yeah, he's the best performance in the movie. Yeah, he's, he's up there as one of the best performances in the MCU. Yes. Peter's like, how could you do this to her? Right. So it's like, I'm doing this for her. That's yeah. how I got that really nice house that she lives in. The guys like us, oh, they, they don't care about us. We build the roads and all that shit, but they, they don't even care. We're just Peter, normal salt-of-the-earth guys. Peter, you're young. You don't understand how the world works. Yeah, but I understand that selling weapons to criminals is wrong. Yeah. How do you think your buddy Stockfield that paid for that tower? Or any of his little toys. Fair point. Those people, Pete, those people up there, the rich and powerful, they do whatever they want. Guys like us, like you and me, they don't care about us. We build their roads and we fight their wars and everything, but they don't care about us. We have to pick up after them. We have to eat their table scraps. Yeah. Like a vulture. Which, again, as you point out, uh, the vulture is rich, so fuck well, off. Rich now. Like you said before, like he owned a construction company. Like he clearly was doing okay for himself. He, he, he was petite bourgeoisie. Yeah, you know he wasn't Tony Stark. No, of course not. He, even now, he's not Tony Stark. But you know, it's just very. You know, he is. He is acting like he is way lower class than he actually is. Peter doesn't really have a response to this, right? Because Vulture is right, right, which. Is a problem when your hero can't offer any counter argument to the ideology of the villain. But yes, yeah, so the vulture like calls in his uh, wingsuit and it like attacks Peter. Uh, it like you know smashes up the warehouse. It's like breaking all the columns so that the roof will collapse. Yeah, and uh, yeah, just a ton of concrete crashes down on Peter while the vulture uh, gets dressed and gets ready to go. Tom Holland's acting here as he's, like, crying from the pain of being crushed by a million tons of rock is very good. This scene starts really strong. Yeah. But this is the scene we were talking about at the beginning that is bad. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. At the beginning, it's dark. It's it, This feels weirdly, like, real in the kind of, like, not violence, but, like, this feels like a person trapped in a collapsed building, you know? 
Yeah. In a way that MCU stuff doesn't always. Particularly a child trapped in a glass building. Yeah, he is, like, struggling and crying. And, like, this is very good acting on his part. This scene is great. This is a great, like, you know, this is the low point for the hero. And then the and, uh, fucking you know, movie. He, he's stuck. He can't move. He tries, but he just can't. Yeah. Then he calls out for help because the last couple times things went bad. Tony Stark was there to bail him out. Right. But not this time. Tony's done with him. And he doesn't have a suit. Yeah. He starts screaming for anyone, please, to come. Right. Help him. But then he sees his reflection, Luke. He sees his reflection in a puddle where the his Spider-Man cost, like mask is partially in the puddle, so his reflection is like half the mask, half his real face. Yeah. Which is already very on-the-nose imagery, but <laughs> I'm like, okay, sure, fine. But then, while we're looking at this very obvious image with obvious <laughs> meaning, we get a voiceover of a line from earlier in the movie where Tony says, if you're nothing with the suit, then you're nothing without it. Fuck all the way off. It's good. No, it's not. But then... Luke, he finally realizes that Iron Man's not coming, and he's got to do this himself. Yeah. And he summons the strength to lift up the rocks. Yeah, this is the other part I don't like about this scene, because he already tried to summon the- Like, it's just- mm, I don't like it in movies where, like, the low point is, oh, I can't do it. Oh, but I'm gonna try harder, and now I did it. Like, he, there's no- well, no. There's no character the, the, growth The realization he makes here is- well, I guess it's two things. One, it's that no one's going to come to bail him out. Right. Because he's gotten kind of used to that. Sure. And two, it's kind of the Iron Man 3 thing of like, oh, be- before there ever was a suit, there was you. Right. But eh, I don't know. I, I don't I don't like this scene. And I should love this scene. And I, I dislike it. And it bothers me. It's good. No. Disagree. I like it. <laughs> Now he's gonna. Now here comes. I think probably actually the worst in terms of just filmmaking craft scene in the movie, because mm-hmm. he's gonna go fight the vulture who's latched onto like uh, a plane that has invisibility on it. Yeah, and it's just like a dark fight, and the invisibility things make it even harder to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just not good. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. The, like, I, I honestly dislike that scene we just talked about enough that the rest of this movie just kind of I'm kind of tapped out now and like nothing very little that happens is going to work to bring me back in yeah yeah no yes I think the worst the worser scene is even coming still yeah so yeah they they fight like the the plane crashes right is that what happens yeah yeah the engine ends up getting blown out in the fight yeah they they do a big punch him up you know as you do uh, no one's piling this. It is a drone. Right. So don't worry about <laughs> anyone on it. Right, exactly. And then there's like a thing. I don't remember exactly what happens, but it's like Peter's trying to save the vulture, but the vulture's too like vain to listen or something. Right. Even the, the tinker is saying like, hey, you need to get out of there because you're going to crash. It's like, I'm not going home empty handed. So yeah. It does crash onto the beach. And like the vulture is still trying to lift away a box with his like broken wings, which are like sparking, yeah, and about to explode. I mean, yeah, Peter. Peter ends up saving him and webs him up. Right, but wait, does he save him? Yeah, I thought he like tried to save him and failed. Well, no, he crashes 
but then Peter like pulls him out of the rubble in the fire. Oh, uh, okay. <clears throat> gotcha. So yeah, Peter's had a Peter's had a rough one, and uh, you know everything's bad at the at school because Liz like their dad I guess is going to jail. Yeah, yeah, for crimes for crimes that he did, and she's moving to Oregon, right? So she she's, gives a final hug to her best friend Betty Brantz. Yep. So Peter's never gonna see this girl he likes again. Yeah, Liz doesn't really care. <laughs> yeah, like th- th- this was just like a boy that Liz kind of liked, but right, he, who stood uh, her up the- at homecoming, and then also her dad is going to jail, so she really has more important things on her mind. Yeah, he's, he tries to like apologize for what happened at homecoming, and she's like, "Yeah, that was pretty shitty," but also that that's that's a low priority thing at this point. Yeah. Well, bye. Right. So it cuts to the the academic team uh, who's getting a new captain, and it's going to be Michelle. There's there's a real quick shot. It's easy to miss. Yeah. Of a kid just running through the hallways in a Tigger costume. What? You know, Tigger from Winnie the Pooh. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Disney oh, yeah. property. Yep. There it is. Weird. I guess that could just be a regular tiger. No, it looks like Tigger. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they got a furry club. Uh, no, you know what? No, you're right. It is just a tiger. It's not Tigger. Okay. So, yeah, furry club. It's probably supposed to be like the mascot or something. Peter's like, you know, I gotta go again as I do. Yeah. Michelle's like, what are you hiding, Peter? Never mind. I don't care. You can go. (laughs) Yeah. She's the best. Which, uh, she also mentions at this point that, hey, don't call me Michelle. My friends call me MJ. Oh, because she's Mary Jane Watson. She's Mary Jane Watson, actually. Michelle Jane Watson. Michelle Jane Watson. (laughs) (laughs) So Happy summons him to the bathroom, where he's just been waiting. As Peter arrives, another kid walks out of the stall. Yeah. (laughs) Like, takes his sweet time washing his hands thoroughly to get all the germs out. That's important. Right. You don't don't just give a quick rinse. You gotta gotta scrub them. Yeah. And then once he leaves, they can he can talk to this forty five year old man who's been waiting in the high school bathroom. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, but Happy's talking about like, oh, he's so grateful to Peter for saving that you know the stuff because oh, this is the most important job to him, and he would have oh, oh, oh. And now Happy likes Peter. Yeah. They finish remodeling the whole Avengers facility. Yeah. Peter's there to be inducted as an Avenger. Hey, why? Yeah, well, because he saved Tony's stuff, and now Tony feels like he owes him. Like, oh, yeah, I forgot that Tony sucks and doesn't know how to do right, this. Right, because no lessons actually got learned in this movie. It's just Peter kept doing the thing everyone told him not to do over and over, and eventually it just happened to work out. Yeah. And now he's going to be rewarded for that. What What, what is Rhodey and Vision's opinions on this? Mm, can't can't imagine Vision thinks it's a good idea, or Rhodey. Yeah, Mr. Stark's in charge, I guess. I guess. I guess. He goes into a, a real weird extent metaphor, like, yeah, you screwed the pooch big time, then you did the right thing, you you adopted the hybrid puppies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Working a little too hard for the joke there, I think. Uh, yeah, because, I mean, the Avengers are, like, owned by the UN now, right? What do they think about the child labor that Tony's using? I don't think they're... I think the Avengers LLC is owned by Stark. But regulated by the Sokovia Accords. Okay, so you're imagining it almost like the Avengers are a mercenary company owned by Stark Industries. Yeah, they're a PMC. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that makes sense. Okay, 
Same question, though. feel like that's gotta be subject to some kind of child labor law. Yeah. That Tony's well, yeah. flagrantly violating by offering Peter this job. Probably. But Peter, because now he's finished the movie and knows the right things to say and do, says, Oh no, now that I've proven I actually can do Avengers-type stuff, I'm gonna stop doing it, because you were right that I shouldn't have. Yeah, he rejects the iron spider suit that Tony offers. Yeah. And you, then, you think this because he because he just knows this is the right thing to say? No, I th- this this frustrates me. Like this movie has no cohesive like thematic arc at all. It's just a bunch of stuff that happens. You don't think it's because he has he has realized that he he barely <laughs> scraped through even this scenario. Maybe he's not ready for the big time. Yeah, I, I mean, sure. I mean, kind of, but it's just. I don't know, and the, this movie just doesn't build in the right way. Like, to me, what it should have been was, like, the Vulture has some evil plan that is going to endanger a lot of innocent people, and the it, it, like, actually does become a blip on the Avengers' radar, and Spider-Man is left having to, like, save the people while they fight the Vulture, and, like, his big action thing is, like, I don't know, throw the Shocker in there for a fight if he needs to fight somebody, but, like, it's about how... He is, you know, because they've already had stuff where the Avengers have a hard time dealing with, like, the collateral damage they cause. Right. Have Spider-Man's thing be about, like, no, like like he says in Civil War, I'm fighting for the little guy. Like, have him be on the street and realize, like, the value and, like, honor in doing that kind of work and how he doesn't need to be a glory hog like Tony. And have that yes. be, like, that makes so much more sense to me than, oh, I finally did a big, cool superhero thing. But I'm going to stop doing that now until you need me again for the next movie. So bye. You're right. That would be a better movie. Because it, it ties in with the damage control thing. It ties right. in with Tombs' motivation. Exactly. Anyway, uh, Peter like suspects that this whole thing was just a test anyway. And if he'd answered the other way, he would have like they would have got him. But no, there actually was like a whole like audience on the other side of the door waiting for like the press conference about Spider-Man being an Avenger now. And Pepper comes out like... Paltrow makes a surprise cameo. Right, yeah. Because she said she was done with these movies. Right. And Pepper's just like, oh, if we don't have a new adventure to announce, what are we going to tell all these reporters? And Tony proposes to her, and that'll be what they denounce instead. Happy's been hanging on to that ring since 2008. Yep. Sure has been. Uh, So, we're about wrapped up here, right? I think we just have the closing scene. Yeah. Yeah. So Peter's like, he's got a renewed... Interest in Spider Manning for New York City. He's getting dressed. He's looking out the window triumphantly, and the camera like pans around, and Aunt May is just watching him. And she's about to say "What the fuck?" But the credits cut her off. This is good. Yeah, it's, it's a funny note to end on. Yeah, he does. He does still get the uh, the Stark suit. Right. Yeah, he gets the old Stark suit, not the Iron Spider. Still gets to have it. Yeah. Which I, I mean, that much I guess you know he, he he showed that he he earned it and like can do good stuff. I don't know. I guess that's fine. But that's that's Spider-Man. What's the post-credits on this one? Let's see what we got here. The first post-credits is the vultures in prison. Oh, yeah, he yeah. Comes, he comes up upon the scorpion, Michael Mando, who has been scarred from the battle. Right. And uh, uh, the scorpion says, you know, I heard a rumor that you knew who Spider-Man is. Yeah. And the vulture says, if I knew who he was, he'd already be dead. That's all right. Not sure. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's like the the vulture. First of all, they kept a villain alive, right? To build on him in the future. Yeah, 
too. Man, it's like the, okay. the vulture does act, does genuinely respect Peter, even though he is his enemy. Right. And I get that, like, oh, they're they're introducing the scorpion and they're set like they're teasing the Sinister Six. I understand that. But if they're putting the vulture in jail, let me just paint you an alternate universe, Crystal. Okay. He okay. walks down this hallway. He gets put in a jail cell with his new cellmate, Sam Rockwell, who's very huh. interested in the business that the Vulture's been running and thinks they could be great business partners. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> Bring Sam Rockwell back. I miss him. Okay, how about this? What's that? It, Sam Rockwell and the Vulture have the conversation, and then uh, you hear another voice from a table next to them. Yeah. It's Woody Harrelson. What? <laughs> Is like when we get out of here, there's gonna be carnage. <laughs> ah, yes, absolutely. <laughs> I was mentally running through the. Wait, what bad guy did Woody Harrelson play in these movies? <laughs> Forgot about Venom. Oh man. Well, okay, no, no. And okay, then, <laughs> then they hear another voice behind them. <laughs> yeah, and it's a a real a real big guy, uh, played by. Well, it's a CGI. E- Sure, uh, of course. Eli Roth. Okay. That's not his name. Tim Roth. Tim Roth. He says, these weapons are making me thirsty. Are an abomination. <laughs> oh, that makes more sense. <laughs> uh, no, what I was going to say with just the Sam Roth, I love where your head's at, but my pitch, just to wrap it up, be like, uh, you know, I, hey, Tombs, you know, I love your business plan. It's really great, really interesting. I've heard that people are calling you the Vulture, though, and I do got to tell you... I don't do good with birds. Not after last time. <laughs> oh, oh, that's good. <laughs> God, yeah. I just, I just want them to bring Sam Rockwell back very badly. He was so much fun in Iron Man too. They should bring him back for Spider-Man: Far From Home. Yeah. And the final post-credit scene is Captain America telling you about the virtue of patience. Okay. Yeah. Well, how'd you feel about the film? <sighs> really mixed. Like, yeah. I think the. Uh, like, I think Tom Holland is a very good Spider-Man. I think all the character moments are very fun. There's a lot of bits in this movie that I enjoy a lot. We talked a lot about how much we like uh, Michelle. But the, like, plot of it is not very good. And, like, it, I don't think it comes together in, like, a good thematic way at all. Kind of fumbles it at the five-yard line. Yeah, well, it's kind of fumbling it all throughout. Like, we were talking like, we're... Spider-Man's not even good at, like, stopping bike thieves. No. Yeah, like, I don't know. It's, it, I like the basic idea of this movie, but it needed uh, some rewrites to really work, I think. I mean, I think the the thesis of the film is that even during the bike thief scenes, even before he started getting bailed out. Yeah. He was still constantly, like, calling back and waiting for instruction and giving his reports. He was, he was dependent on Tony Stark. Sure, yeah. And I guess the problem to me, though, is that they don't sell me on him becoming independent because it's just, like, the way the movie dramatizes that is just, well, I'm going to push really hard to get this rock off of me. Right. And that's not interesting. And also, like, the whole movie is him doing, like, saying, oh, I'm going to be independent, but I screwed it up and I got saved. And it just, well, I screwed it up again, but this time I don't get saved. I don't know. It doesn't doesn't work for me. That's fair. Yeah. No, your movie that you pitched was a lot better. Thanks. <laughs> what letter grade would you give this movie? Uh, let's see. Hmm. I think it's I think it's B range. Would you yeah. say that? 
I'm I'm thinking like right line like B minus C plus for me. Hmm. Probably closer to B minus. Probably closer to B. How does it compare to Captain America: The First Avenger? Ah, uh, mm, I think it's pretty close. Yeah, I think it's like I, knowing that that's a B minus on our list makes me feel better about that grade because I think it's in the same range. Um, Captain America had the Red Skull. You did have the Vulture's Red Skull. Better. Yeah, vul- yeah, Vulture's way better. Michael Keaton. Vulture's is Vulture so alone. Good. Yeah, I think Vulture alone says it's better than First Avenger. Hmm. Doesn't have the musical sequence. That's true. That is a very good part of that movie. My, like, I was listening to another podcast talk about Captain America the other day, and I think I agree with them a lot, which is that the first third of that movie is excellent, the middle third is pretty good, and the last third is eh, fine, I guess. Yeah, it, it, it actually kind of has a similar problem to this movie. Yeah. In that it... I feel like both of the movies, even keeping the first two thirds... You could rewrite the back third to have a stronger thematic conclusion. Yeah. yeah. yeah but it kind of, kind of, kind of fumbles it. Because Captain America, like, the final confrontation with the Red Skull is, in the future. I see no flags. Not my future. Right. So, okay? Is that is that where you're ending on? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Hmm. Better or worse than first... Okay, well, how, let's compare what's next up. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2? Is it better or worse? Huh. I think the comedy in this one works for me more than the Guardians comedy, but I think Guardians is a stronger story and has a lot of cool visuals. I think Guardians is better for me. That makes sense to me. I, I mean, I like Guardians even more than you. Right, yeah. How's it compared to Iron Man 3? Hmm. Another movie that kind of has a, a, a rough third act. Yeah, it's almost like that's a recurring issue with these movies. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like Thor is so high on my list. Almost exclusively because it doesn't suffer from that problem. How does it compare to Doctor Strange, a movie with an excellent third act? Yeah, again, Doctor Strange, excellent third act. Like, yeah, my top three are all just the movies in this franchise that don't fuck up their endings. Is it better or worse than Doctor Strange or Iron Man 3? Uh, I would say, I mean, I would say worse than Doctor Strange and Iron Man 3 based on my list. But, Mm. like, what's what would be the argument in favor of Spider-Man over Doctor Strange? Uh, Doctor Strange. I like Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange is a pretty, pretty full, coherent film. Less racist than Doctor Strange. It is less racist than Doctor Strange. Villain's not as good. In Doctor Strange, yeah, that's very true. The villain's kind of lame in Doctor Strange. I think I like Doctor Strange more. Okay. Okay. I get, okay. We both rank it just above Captain America, the first Avenger. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And for you, that's like right in the middle. For me, that's like the upper third. I too will give it a B minus. We agree. Hey, great classic. This is classic McCuckum. Absolutely. <laughs> I was expecting a bigger fight about this movie, honestly, because everyone, a lot of people, really love this movie, and I think it's you know pretty good. I tell you what, this movie looks worse in light of of Into Spider Verse, right? Yeah, Into the Spider Verse is amazing, and this movie is you know like I just said, eh, pretty good. Let's let's uh let's do let's do some grade analysis of what we got so far. Yeah, sure, hit me. So we both agree, phase two not as good as phase one. Absolutely. And phase three so far has actually been the best phase. Yeah, it looks like it, huh? You tend to prefer uh the first and third movies more than the second movie, pretty strongly. Right, which makes sense because the second movie is usually a phase two movie. 
And I tend to I I tend to think the third movie is better than the second movie is better than the first movie generally. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your favorite Marvel superhero series is Guardians of the Galaxy. Man, what? <laughs> okay. With two point three three four from two movies. That's... Doctor Strange has only one movie, so it doesn't count. Yeah, I feel like I feel like Guardians of the Galaxy is winning that one like by default. <laughs> and my favorite is the Avengers. Yeah. How do you feel about about James Gunn getting unfired? That's kind of what I thought would happen, but not this soon. Yeah, I I I think we talked about it before. I think the feeling I've come down on all of that is that you know what, James Gunn is a real rich dude, and I really have a hard time caring all that much about his career as a result. Right, <laughs> he's gonna be just fine either way. And even if I like Guardians Volume Two, it's not like he is an artist of his generation that we were being deprived of, you know? Right. He's a pretty good filmmaker that I could have lived without seeing any more movies from ever again. I'll probably watch Guardians. I will, because I have this podcast. But, like, I don't know. I I have a hard time caring all that much one way or the other. Well, now we're in an interesting horse race. Huh. Because previously, James Gunn was going to be the first person to direct all three movies of an MCU trilogy. Right. But now that that movie isn't going to start production until 2021, uh-huh. you think Ant-Man, Peyton Reed will beat him? I mean, maybe. Maybe. I guess, yeah. Like, we're, I, I don't follow Marvel news. I don't know, like, what their docket looks like past Spider-Man. Well, let's, I'll show you. This is phase four in roughly. Oh, I see. So we got the order. I think Yeah, another happen. Spider-Man, then Black Widow. The Eternals, I don't even know who the Eternals are. Black Panther 2, Doctor Strange 2, Shang-Chi, don't know what that one is. Ant-Man. Master Kung Fu. Okay. I mean, based on your schedule here, it looks like Ant-Man 3 is going to come out before Guardians 3, so. That's what I think. Okay. I'll, I'll trust you. You care more than I do. So you're okay. probably more right than okay. I would be. Okay. Okay. You want to answer some questions? Let's answer some questions, why don't we? Let's answer some, some cues. Some get, get some cues. Get some A's. Yeah. You can send questions in to mcucompleteme at gmail.com, or just follow Crystal on Twitter at ArcaneCrystal and wait for her to tweet out uh, a question post in all caps like she does. Yeah, I'm looking it up right now. Okie dokie. Evan asks, do you think the low stakes of the film help or hinder it? Help, I guess, right? Yeah, but I think like you were saying, I think they could probably stand to be just a smidge higher. Yeah, well, I, I don't even, like... It should just be, it should be more about the, like, split between superheroes just, like, saving people from stuff and superheroes fighting ultra-powerful villains. Right, because they keep saying, like, oh, you know, selling these weapons to the neighborhood is going to be really dangerous. But, like, I guess they show Delmar's deli being blown up. Right, I think they use that as the shorthand for why what the Vulture's doing is bad. Yeah, I think I could have used a little smidge more of that. I agree. But it, it is generally a good idea to make this be lower stakes than the average Marvel film. Yeah, I think so. Especially because it the- gives them the opportunity to uh, talk about, uh, you know, the, the, give, you know, let the vulture happen and Michael Keaton happen. Yeah. Which is good. Uh, let's see. Uh, Ty asks, what do you think are the defining things that make a good Spider-Man movie? What beats do you need to hit and what should you avoid? Hmm. Hmm. With great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the main thing with Spider-Man should just always be 
that being a superhero is a real pain in the ass. Yeah, we didn't really talk, we haven't talked about this yet. Is uh, that Peter is often portrayed as being poor? Yeah, and he's not in this one. Yeah, I guess he's not really. Being Spider Man is like it puts pressure on his life in the sense that he can't be in the academic decathlon, I guess. Right. But it's not like, hey, I'm going to be evicted. Right. Well, yeah, but he also, he's, you know, a high schooler. Yeah, but that that comes to the point of Aunt May again is like, often in Spider Man stories, Aunt May has a tough time affording her apartment. Sure. On a single income. Especially since often she is retired. Yeah. But that's not, like, money Money is never an issue in this movie. Yeah, it's not what this movie wants to talk about. Which, yeah, kind of begs the question of, well, what is this movie talking about? Because, hey, if Spider-Man was poor in this movie, it would you could write a cool script revolving around what we were talking about, where the Vulture poses as someone of a lower class than he actually is. And I yes. like, Spider-Man is the actual working class person in this conflict. Yeah. You could do that. That would be an interesting way to go. Man, this movie is quickly approaching Iron Man 2 levels where it's like, hmm, <laughs> I could write a better movie based on these building blocks. Right, yeah. <laughs> but I guess it's always easier in hindsight. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like the main thing with a Spider-Man story is that, hey, be- being having superpowers is really fun, but being a superhero sucks. Yeah. Because it ruins your life. But you have responsibility. Right. And, you know, and then sometimes there's dance numbers when you become the evil superhero. I cannot wait for us to do the Raimi movies. The Raimi movies are arguably the best superhero movies. I do not think I have seen Spider-Man 3 since it was in theaters, and I am excited to rewatch it. Great film. Fine film. (laughs) Uh, What other questions we got? Tank Hammer asks, what superpowers do you think Tony put into the costume that Peter didn't discover? Uh... He probably pretty much got them all, because he had that scene in the warehouse where he's just kind of goofing off with the suit. Hmm. Probably, like, uh... I think there's just, like, an internet browser in there, probably, right? Yeah, there's probably, like, YouTube. Yeah. That, that would have been a good scene if he was, like, doing a stakeout uh, at some point, and just you see his, like, point of view, and inside the spider suit, like, he's just got a little picture-in-picture of, like, a YouTube poop going. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's watching a Twitch stream. Caleb asks, do you think an origin story would have benefited this iteration? No. No, they were right to skip it. They've they've done the origin story of Peter Parker too many times. Everyone knows it. Yeah. Like, Spider-Verse plays on the fact that everybody knows it. Right. And, like, builds its structure around the fact that everybody knows it and is bored of it. God, Spider-Verse is a good movie. It's a, it's a good one. I need to watch it again. Chum Percival asks, is this the best live-action Spider-Man movie? No. It's not. No. That would be Spider-Man. Oh, you think the original Spider-Man? Yeah. You think that's better than two? Mm, maybe I'll feel differently on a rewatch. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, my gut says two, but again, I have not... I rewatched Spider-Man 1 when that video game was coming out, and I, I was going to watch all three and then just didn't get around to the other two. That first one's still good. They... Mm, Peter did is a real creep towards MJ in that movie, though. Sure is. He's got a, he's got some real incel energy in a way that I was not ready for and did not care for. And Tobey Maguire is a real creep in real life. Oh, yeah. Chump Percival asks, The Vulture was just right, yeah? Tony Stark is literally the villain of the whole MCU. Kinda. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, again, I think what it comes down to for me, though, is just like, yes, he's right, but also he's a hypocrite. 
which is something the movie doesn't bother to really dig into. Right. It's not, it should critique Tony Stark. Yes. Now that his movies are long done. Right. Uh, let's see. Uh, Mike asks, how do you feel about Spider's Man? So this is a, this is from like, I guess a Spider-Man crossover event thing that happened recently. Yeah. (laughs) Spider-Verse. Okay. Wait, is it Spider-Verse? I thought it was something else. Uh, I don't know. Who knows? It's a Spider-Verse type thing where they have Spider's Man, which is a Spider-Man suit filled with thousands of spiders with a hive mind that collectively think they're Peter Parker. Yeah, I love Spider's Man. It's such a good idea. Oh, Spider's Man is a perfect thing. They should put Spider's Man in Spider-Verse 2. There's no way Spider's Man doesn't end up at least as a quick gag in Spider-Verse 2. It's too funny of an idea. Ty asks, since this Peter Parker is born after 9-11, how do you think he reckons with Tony Stark's path? Also, what other Gen Z, Zoomer, is that what we're calling it? Superheroes do you want to see as Marvel starts shifting younger? Huh. Uh, yeah, I mean, he, hmm. What, 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 how do you think Peter Parker reckons with Tony's past as an arms dealer? I think he thinks it's awesome and cool. Yeah, I, that's the thing. I, I don't think anyone really interrogates that too deeply since the first Iron Man. No. Um, but yeah, what other... Who else would you like to see show up as, like, young superheroes in these movies? Well, the thing about Gen Z is that Gen Zs are all old now. Are they? The, yeah, the generation treadmill keeps keeps moving. Wait, I, no, because Gen Z... Like, the oldest Gen Z people are, like, 24. That's still pretty young. That's old. No, it's not. Yeah, it's... <laughs> okay. The youngest Gen Zers are, like, 13. Yeah, it's it's like they're they're teenagers to young adults right now. Hmm. Okay. What are they going to call the next one? Uh, ge- generation next. Oh. Uh, Miss. You sounded disappointed by that. Yeah. No. It's it's. I mean, I don't know. Why not generation two? <laughs> well, let's stop with these spinoffs. <laughs> You're saying. Uh, you're saying that you're sick of Generation Chain of Memories. You right. want to get to the next numbered part of it already. Yeah, it's like we've had eight generations of Pokemon 1. One's Pokemon 2. Quit giving me Generation Dream Drop distance. <laughs> generation 0.2, a fragmentary passage. Or maybe they'll call it Generation 1. Yeah, yeah, well, like the Xbox. Yeah, like, you know, it's, it's like it's the one place where you get all your. Cable television. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see what else. What else we got? Cameron asks, "How do y'all feel about Miles Morales's friend Gonke basically being copied beat for beat to produce Ned? Also, how that method Gonke was basically erased from the space he would have occupied in Spider Verse." Yeah, that seems. Uh, that doesn't seem great. I I don't know that. It means that Gonke was erased from the space he would have occupied in Spider-Verse. Plus, I, I, I do think I literally saw an interview, like, recently, where someone, they were saying, like, oh, yeah, we had written him as a character, and then Ned kind of made it so that that would be confusing. Oh, never mind that. Yeah. It did literally erase him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it sucks. Well, and I've also seen a complaint about this movie, which is that it's really more of a Miles Morales movie than a Peter Parker movie. They just made it Peter Parker. Right, because it, w- it would just be Peter Parker in the role of Iron Man. Right, exactly. Which I get, because, like, if, hypothetically, 
how would you even do Miles Morales in the MCU right now? And the answer is you wouldn't for years and years and years. You wouldn't until Tom Holland was old enough to be the Iron Man role in a Miles Morales movie. Well, no, here's how you do it. What's that? Is you set Miles Miles Morales is in the MCU, right? Okay. Yeah. And then a dimensional portal opens. Uh-huh. And out walks Andrew Garfield. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you sold me. As Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. Right. <laughs> Wait, okay. Okay. I just don't want to give Tobey Maguire work. That's fair. I just want to praise his performance in the movies I like. Right, yeah. <laughs> no, I, 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 I like your ideas. Andrew Garfield doesn't suck, right? Not to my knowledge. I'm going to put, hey, does Andrew Garfield suck into Google. Andrew Garfield sucks. Upvote this so when people Google Andrew Garfield sucks, this appears. And it's a picture of uh, a somewhat overweight person in a black Spider-Man costume. <laughs> so, oh, oh okay. Uh huh. So I guess that. Uh, I guess there you go. <laughs> Any more questions? Um. Hmm. Jordan asks, "How did you find the idea of superheroes portrayed through a kid? A movie about coming of age, but with also superpowers? Were there moments you really felt relatable to being a high school kid in the movie?" <sighs> Let me ask you, well, let me broaden this question for you a bit. Yeah, okay. Has there ever been a high school movie you related to? Uh, okay, okay. Because there hasn't been for me. I'm trying to think. Yeah, I feel like I have never, any, like, TV show or movie that's had high school in it, it's never looked like what high school was like for me. Yeah, like, it might as well be Knights and Sorcerers. It's just, like, a fictional set. Yeah, like, we had... We didn't even have, like, we had four periods a day, and I feel like eight periods is the more normal one. I don't know. It's uh-huh. just, yeah, it's nothing, the, like, yeah, I don't know. I guess, what, I what about, like, what's that? I think we had six. Huh. Okay, yeah. We had we had four. We had four hour and a half periods and, then like, a half hour for lunch. Oh, yeah, hours for 55 minutes. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess maybe, though, beyond just, like, oh, do you relate to their high school experience? Like, did you feel, did, like, were... Because the whole point of, like, having a teen superhero like a Spider-Man or like a, a Terry McGinnis is to, like, dramatize the the experience of being a teenager and growing up and, like, you know, superpowers are like a metaphor for, like, puberty or whatever, right? Uh-huh. Did, like, did, have you felt anything like that with, with this movie or another one where it's, like, really landed for you? Nope. <laughs> I feel like Spider-Verse came close. Hmm. I mean, Spider-Verse is just good, but I wouldn't say I, I... Yeah, I don't know if I relate in that way to it. Yeah. But I'm also not a teenager anymore, so... That's true, that does make it more difficult. You yeah. You forget how it was. Right. Because I can imagine a world... Like, I'm not saying one way or the other if this is the case, but, like, the last line of Spider-Verse is like, oh, anyone can wear this mask, even you, and if you didn't know that, I hope you did. I can imagine that being touching to someone. Yeah. I don't know. Well, that's it for the episode. All right, then. Where can people find you online? Uh, people can find me on Twitter at SSJ Speed Racer. Uh, you can find a bunch of other shows I do on Audio Entropy, such as Totally Reprise, uh, Teenagers with Attitude, uh, Let's Place, and just, you know, some other ones, probably. Uh, we mentioned at the start, I've been playing through every Kingdom Hearts game. Uh, I have written very long articles about each of them after I've played them for the first time. Uh, and you can read all of those at bit.ly slash heart 
I-I heart, all lowercase. Um, by the time you're listening to this one, there will definitely be an article about Birth by Sleep 0.2, a fragmentary passage up. And oh, yeah? And maybe one about Kingdom Hearts Union Union Key, open bracket, cross, close bracket. But I'm not positive yet if that'll be up in time. Oh, the sequel to Kingdom Hearts Key. I guess, apparently... That even, yeah, you haven't played that one, have you? No, I haven't, because I thought it was all just bundled up in Union Cross, but apparently, even though Union Cross depicts 99% of the same events, it is in fact a sequel and not a remake. That's correct, yes. Because they just can't make this easy for people. No. Is it even possible to play the original Key as an American in 2019? Uh, I believe it is discontinued, Great. but maybe it's archived somewhere. Uh, dumb. It's dumb? Where can people find you, Crystal? Uh, at Arcane Crystal on Twitter, patreon.com slash Arcane Crystal, or you can listen to podcasts like these early, and on other podcasts like uh, The Book of Medora and Let's Place on audioentropy.com. Yeah. All right, well, I think that just about covers us. You want to hear just Spider-Man joke? Yeah. We, we got, what, Thor Ragnarok next? Thor Ragnarok is next. AJ will guest on that episode. Oh, really? Okay. Yes, he requested. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, we the road to Infinity War is getting shorter. Yeah, we only have two more movies. Yeah, and then for that one, and then, and then two movies after it. And yeah, then Avengers: Infinity War Part Two. Wait, same game. Oh, right, Captain Marvel. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm still. Everything I know about Infinity War makes it sound like a very bad movie. Sucks. There's a part of me that really wants to end up loving it and being able to argue why it's great. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. I don't think it's going to happen. You don't think so? I doubt it. Mm. Anyway, give me a Spider-Man joke. This comes in from jokesforus.com slash people jokes slash comic book jokes slash Spider-Man jokes dot HTML. Okay. Um, hold on. What do you call Spider-Man joining the Marvel Universe? Ah, uh, I don't know, Crystal. What do you call it? A spin-off. What? Because he like he like spins his web like a, sp- like a spider. Yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah. I'm gonna go. Talk to you later. Yes. Sir. <laughs> さらば友よ近いの友よ俺はただ一人俺はただ一人おおやを走る鳴る時訪れる別れ今は誰も呼ぶ声はない明日は虚しい涙枯れてさらば友よ近いの友よ
一人俺はただ一人荒野を走る